A little bit of Hank Hill right there. <laughs> oh. Video Guys Podcast. This is your host, Randy, along with my co-hosts, Mike and Don. This is part two of our Arnold double feature, where we are going to discuss the Terminator movies. But before we do, uh, what ha- what have you two been watching lately? Oh, you know what's a good one we watched recently? I think we've all... I don't know if you watched it, Randy, but uh, The Holdovers. Oh, yeah. I, I meant to call that out in our last episode about the stuff I didn't mention from 2023. But yes, yeah, so The Holdovers is fantastic. I watched it right before... Actually, I watched it a day or two after Christmas, <laughs> but it's a great Christmas movie. Same. I watched it like two days after Christmas, yep. Yeah. Uh, did you watch it, Randy? I did not watch The oh, Holdovers. Yes. I so, did get around to watching Four Christmases about one or two oh, days after Christmas. Also great. Yeah. Also freaking hilarious. That yeah, it was a pretty funny one. When, these, when they're playing... What's the game they're playing with his mom and... Uh, was it Password or... No, it was uh, Scategories or something like that. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it was something like Password. But anyway, that part was so funny. Where he's like, no, you can't do that. Can't do that. Can't. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But the the holdovers is Paul Giamatti and a bunch of like young actors that I've never seen before. Um, and it's really good. It's, it, it reminds me a lot of those like 90s coming of age movies. Mm-hmm. Like it reminds me of like Dead Poet Society or like uh, School Ties, things like that. Like taking place at a boarding school, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and old, and old Codger really is left in charge of uh, these kids, and it's basically one of those stories where he discovers more about himself as he's taking care of them. It's really good. Yeah, it was like cynical without being too cynical is the best way to describe it. Like it had wholesome parts to it, and it was cynical at times too. It's like an endearingly cynical movie. Yeah, yeah. which I, I really liked. Yeah, I really liked that one. Uh, anything for you, Randy? Well, I did uh, watch a, a lot of movies this last week. Some of them that I'd seen before. One that I have not seen before was I finally watched... They clone Tyrone. Oh yeah, I which heard is that was good. One on Netflix. It was interesting. Like, I'm not really sure how I feel about it because it, it it's a little too serious to be as funny as it can be, but not quite funny enough for uh, for as was, serious as it is. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's a strange one. It just the the tone of it's a little strange. But I did like the performances in it. Yeah. Uh, sorry, keep going. Sorry. Oh, no, that's all I had to say about that. Okay. I was going to move on to the next one unless you had something to add. Yeah, well, I have one of the, oh, you have another movie. Well, movies that I'd seen before. Yeah, so go ahead, go ahead. I'll, well, I'll I was just going to say that, like you know, this put me in the mood. Obviously, I watched more Arnold, so I did watch Total Recall the other night. Good one. Which you know we all know and love. And then I also watched Aliens again. Oh, great movie! And and I was kind of surprised by seeing like you know a lot of direct comparisons to. Terminator 2 as far as best sequel goes and just how many people prefer Aliens to which I think is absolute insanity. It's crazy because he said that the other night to us and I don't know anyone that likes Aliens more than Terminator 2 who's seen both of them. I haven't heard. I don't know. I don't think it's a majority by any means like that but I just mean like the amount I'm talking obviously this is on like the internet internet forums and stuff like that but I I was just kind of surprised by that. The only thing I can think of is maybe, because it's weird, because Aliens is, there's not really much action until the last, what, half yeah, hour, 45 the, the, minutes? You do not see anything outside of like a, a face, hugger. face hugger in in a glass jar for like an hour. And yeah, exactly. So it, it kind of has that same tone to begin with of the original Alien, where it's, it's supposed to be more horror, mm-hmm. and but it doesn't do it nearly as effectively. 
And then it is it does have some good action in it, but maybe not as much as I remembered. Does have uh two of the same actors for yes. Terminator Two and, and Aliens. Yes, it does. Yeah. Well, I guess we can use that to go ahead and seg into our topic today. Heck yeah. Yeah. Talking about Arnold's most famous role, which is the Terminator. Good night. Good night. I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. I was told that she's here. Could I see her, please? No, can't see her. She's making a statement. Where is she? Look, it may take a while. I want to wait. There's a bench over there. I'll be back. Which of the movies was the first one that you'd seen? I had seen Terminator 2 first, ironically. Yeah, I, I, was, I did as well. Same. I was six years old when it came out, but I didn't watch it. Then I remember we, my dad recorded it off, uh, <laughs> off the TV because <laughs> we had the, you know, the black the cable box thing where you could get all the channels. Yeah. So I'd seen it on a recorded VHS. I must have been like, I don't know, seven or eight years old. And then I saw Terminator 1, I don't know, a little while after that. Yeah, I hadn't. I saw Terminator 2 first, <clears throat> and I didn't see Terminator 1 for a while. Um, but I, I the, you know, the first time I ever watched Terminator 2 was on the USA Network. <laughs> it was like oh, USA wow. Network cut the of movie, it. Yeah, the network cut. Wow, you yeah. that long without seeing it? Uh, yeah, well, it was like I was like 10 when that came out, I think, 9 or 10. Uh, yeah, it had been, I, I didn't see it, but then I did see it, uh, the full movie, at a, I had a best friend who was kind of like, the the trouble kid you know who did anyway he would he had terminator 2 on vhs and we watched it together and i thought i was like oh this movie rocks it's amazing yeah for me i had seen clips of terminator 2 play like during on the movie channels and stuff but like would change it because i didn't really want to watch it all like i I wanted to make sure i saw it from the beginning but i just remember (laughs) seeing like the the liquid nitrogen scene Mm-hmm. with oh, the yeah. T-1000 and being confused like oh that poor cop <laughs> <laughs> I might have even seen Wayne's World 2 before I saw Terminator 2 and so wow. that scene was probably like really I was like why are they running from that guy <laughs> what's with this scary cop yeah <laughs> yeah so I did see Terminator 2 first and then it wasn't that long after that that I did see Terminator 1 and I think a lot of that was because Terminator 1 as we will discuss shortly was a little bit more of a sci-fi horror movie kind of like the original alien in that respect yeah i would agree with that so maybe it wasn't really something that you would show your kid but you can't deny your kid the spectacle of t2 Mm -hmm. no no i feel like it'll be a very young age when i show my child the uh (laughs) (laughs) they will not be be very old uh so we're segueing terminator one then yep terminator one and then this movie came out in 1984 correct Mm mm-hmm yep uh, directed by James Cameron, I know it was a kind of a low budget for uh, yeah, for the for its type of being like a sci fi actiony movie. Six point four million dollars is what it was made on, which is that's crazy. Nothing. Yeah. It's that's absolutely people. I, I don't think people realize how little that is for movie production, especially in the eighties. Yeah, that that's money well spent though, because mm-hmm. this movie is a lot of fun. It's amazing all the way through. It's uh. I wouldn't say it's as iconic as T2 for obvious reasons, but this is definitely the, the blueprints that would mold T2. Yeah, it's definitely more of a slasher, like, you know, that kind of style. Like, it's almost as if Michael Myers is a robot, 
mm-hmm. is the best way to describe the Terminator in this movie because he's kind of just unkillable, unstoppable killing machine, and he will not like rest until Sarah Connor is dead. Yeah. yeah so the story for this is, if you haven't seen the Terminator one, is that uh, Kyle Reese is sent back from the future, a future in which machines uh, essentially run the Earth. They've taken over with a rogue AI named Skynet. And Kyle Reese is sent back by his, uh, you find out to be son from the future, John Connor. So his son in the future sends back his father. Don't even think about it yet because it's... Uh, it just let go yeah, of that yeah, part. Yeah. <laughs> he sends him back to, to 1984 because this Skynet AI has sent back a Terminator, a T-800. It's a cybernetic organism. So it's, it's like this metal endoskeleton surrounded by human tissue sent back to kill Sarah Connor. So when he successfully kills Sarah Connor, John Connor will never exist and the resistance will never fight back with the machines. Mm-hmm. So this whole movie is Kyle Reese protecting Sarah Connor to make sure that John Connor can be born. Yep. Uh, and you were right. Yeah, so in the movie, you don't know that Kyle Reese is John Connor's um, dad. or he, he doesn't know. He doesn't either. even know it either. Or Does he know? He doesn't. No, he because doesn't. The, I, I can't remember at the end. Well, because he has a photo. The only thing he knows of Sarah is what she looks like from the photo that he's kept on him. Yeah. But, you know, I don't even think John Connor knows. Actually, John Connor doesn't know who his father is because Sarah actually never told him. No, Sarah does. Sarah tells him. He, he knows in T2. Oh, in T2? Yeah. Oh, that's knows. right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Excuse me. Yes. Uh, but but John Connor sends him back yeah. to go protect her. And Kyle Reese doesn't know of, of the events that should unfold. Because I remember. But there's also a theory of, you know, Kyle Reese kind of interjects the timeline as well. Yeah. And changes it. Yeah. Because uh, I remember he's saying that he's had her picture for like years and years. Yeah. John gave it to him. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I loved you since and before. And obviously, I think that was his way of ensuring that there's some sort of devotion towards her yeah. that will accelerate the process of being created. Hey, this is going to be the only beautiful woman you ever see, just so you know. <laughs> well, that's like pretty every what he other says in the movie, too. He's like, yeah, he's like... Grunge and Because even when Sarah asked him, he's like, have you been with her? He's like, well, there's, you know, like you were saying, like, there's not many women in the yeah. future. Like, you don't yeah. understand what the future's like. So, yeah, so Arnold gets sent back in time, and Kyle Reese both gets sent back in time, and they... Um, they have like this weird circular kind of distortion field. Yeah, that's it's like an around. orb of electricity. Yeah. yeah, and they have to go back uh, naked because they can't bring any other organic materials. With inorganic. Them. Uh, inorganic, that's yeah. right, yeah. Which, why didn't the, the ex- endoskeleton... Because it was living tissue. But why didn't it like get ripped tissue. out when it... No, because it's it's covered by living tissue, I guess. So I guess uh, it's okay. just, that's all that really matters. So they could have just sent a tank covered in no. human tissue and it would have... I don't think that would have worked out. <laughs> um... Yeah, so they both, for some reason, they both don't know where Sarah Connor could possibly be, which is weird. Because all the all records, the records destroyed, got destroyed. Yeah, is and what I remember. Why would there be a record of Sarah, Sarah Connor's Connor. address in 1980? Right, so they're both trying to hunt them down, or hunt her down, I should say. The Terminator has some like things that can make it easier for him to hunt the uh, Sarah Connor down, right? Like, he can impersonate people's voices, he can... Uh, he, he's like able to look her up on a phone. Like he just doesn't he like grab a phone book and have. Well, he basically this is like the quick reading scan because he can scan things. Like, yeah, you know he has it. He has a you know a processor in him and yeah, like a whole. He's basically like a living computer more or less. One one of the tropes that it doesn't make any sense if you think about it. So just don't think about it. Is that you see what the Terminator sees. 
and it has like it all spelled out, but it's like it's a robot. Why would it need to spell anything out in English to you or all the other things that are like, what is this for? Uh, but but you just ha- you can't think about that. Yeah, you but do, it's, it's also movie. again, you have to think in 1984, that probably looked incredible. Well, you you it, would have never seen anything like that. Really. And it's necessary so that you as an audience member know what the Terminator is doing. And, yeah, like, trying and, to and also back then, I don't know how many people would understand, you know, what a machine does. So it almost makes sense in that context. It to has have, to. Yeah. Have it spelled out quite literally what processes it's running and what it's doing yeah and um yeah and that's really that's really funny young bill paxton in this movie at the beginning mm-hmm. one, of the, one, one of the punks thugs. yeah one of the punks <laughs> who's he's still got that big gap tooth in the at this point in the in his career uh, but so eventually through the movie uh uh kyle reese is able to find sarah and protect her from the Terminator at first. He, they eventually end up getting arrested, right? And they go to the... They go to the police station. And which, the detective is Lance Hendrickson? Uh, Lance Hendrickson. Yeah. He's, the, he's like the detective's second in command, and sort of. So he was... I had heard that he was originally up to play the Terminator at uh, one point. So he was up... He was considered, and also uh, O.J. Simpson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the juice. From what I understand, I don't know if it was a producer, someone said, like, there was a, you know, there was a prevailing rumor saying that Oh, no one would believe OJ is a killer. Yeah, nobody can believe him as a murderer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's You're incredible. Like, he, he <laughs> can't write this, kids. No. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Hendrickson was also up at one point to play the Terminator as well. He was. And then uh, I don't know what led to the decision of James Cameron picking Arnold. I don't know if it's. Well, because maybe Arnold was up for Kyle Reese. Oh, That's was what he? They okay. wanted, and, and Arnold looked at it. And it doesn't it make was, any sense. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, in. How how threatening would you feel about Lance Henriksen yeah, yeah, yeah. when he's being hunted down by Ar- Which makes Arnold Schwarzenegger? Because yeah. this is also when Arnold was still, hu- I mean, physically huge. This is like shortly after he was doing, he was big for bodybuilding, like in '84, because he's kind of slimmed down after this, yeah. even like by T2. But he was freaking massive in this movie. And Henriksen had been in some stuff. Well, he was before. in Aliens and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of yeah stuff before this, so he was kind of known. I don't know if. Was Sean uh, who who played Kyle Reese? Uh, uh, Michael Bean. Michael Bean. I almost called him Sean Bean. Is uh, Michael Bean? Was he in? Because uh, uh, he was aliens, also in Aliens. But I don't think Aliens had aliens come, had not. He was in. Oh, he was in the movie. And Navy the Seals su- hadn't come out. The yet success either. of Terminator is what allowed the studio to turn to James Cameron yeah. and tell him to make a sequel to Alien. Yeah, I think Hendrickson had been. I think he was out of all the people other than Arnold, and uh, I think he was like another name that they could put on the list. Like not a very famous guy, but enough that people kind of knew who he was in the genre. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. It is interesting that he was going to be Terminator, and then they're just like, that doesn't make any sense. You mean Kyle Reese? He was supposed to be Kyle, Kyle Reese. Reese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they they go to the police station, and then they get into the giant, like probably the most well, next to the ending. Before we get to the ending, we'll get to what leads to the most iconic line, probably in the series. Oh yes, yeah. Which in, is in movie history. In movie yeah. history as so well. So this is at the police station. Yeah, right? it's at the police station where uh, the Terminator knows that Sarah and Kyle are there. So. Also, it was kind of like a, a blessing that they were arrested because they, they really figured, well, we were correct, you know, protected by the police. Yeah. But then a Terminator arrives at the station, and then he asks for Sarah Connor, and they're like, you know, and they tell him like, no, you, you can't meet them. Like they're they're in the back or yeah, whatever. Kids are being in custody. And then Arnold just says, "I'll be back," and that's it. And then the he careens into the police station with a car, <laughs> so he just barrels his way through. And apparently, that was uh, something that uh, Arnold had suggested. It was just something he had improv, and they kept yeah. it. Was he so? There's a, a scene before this where they're talking to Kyle, and he's like giving them the whole four one one on what's going on in the future. Was the the psychiatrist guy wasn't in that scene, right? He was. He was. Uh, so I, one I, who was I'm, in T two and T mm-hmm. T yeah. yeah, he was. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure. I wasn't he, sure. He, he references. He walks out the door 
right as Arnold's walking. Which is crazy in. to me that this so guy he gets to avoid all of this. He would well, have been killed. And not to jump ahead, but that's also why uh, in T two the the psychiatrist like he, he he's like you know stops Dennis checks because he he recognizes Arnold from. 1984 passing yeah, by and back then. But isn't that crazy? That guy is so anti Sarah's story. And t- I don't want to spoil to, too much. But to be fair, but, who would not be? But, exactly. But he just it, walked it, out of like a mass murder, or like right before he would still have heard about it. <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, but also to there and saying like the, the Terminator is just a person who's trying to break them out. And just, you know, because they don't know what the objective is. Like, yeah. They just, just hopped up on goofballs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> goofballs. <laughs> but yeah, so the Terminator just massacres this entire, basically the entire police station. And you even think like, oh, maybe Lance Henriksen will have will do something to him because you don't really you don't really know how powerful the Terminator is, other than you know that like, I think a knife he got stabbed and like nothing happened in the beginning, so you didn't know you don't really know like what he can take. You do hear of Kyle Reese say in the beginning like with these weapons, I don't know if we could stop him, um, but you think maybe Lance with these shotguns can do something, and he just gets owned. No. And, <laughs> and, and Kyle makes it clear in the beginning too because there's a whole scene where he's he's telling Sarah the future, trying to convince her what's happening. Mm-hmm. But he also says like that you know these things will get to their objective is to kill you no matter what. Yeah. Nothing will stand in their way. It can't be reasoned with. You can't argue with it. It will kill what it needs to to get to you. Yeah, and it'll do what it, it won't stop. It yeah. just will not stop. That's why it's like Michael Myers in that way where it's just this insanely durable killing machine that will not stop until that thing is dead. Yeah, and it and leads to a uh, a really awesome scene with a tanker, which will be kind of a, a prevailing theme in that's the next right. movie as well. Yeah, that's right. But the tanker, um, like the, the Terminator is chasing them on a motorcycle, which looks kind of cool because like Arnold's so huge on this tiny motorbike. Yeah. Chasing this, this giant tanker. And then I think they end up like jackknifing or something. And then um, the tanker explodes. Uh, and also I should say previous to this, um, We'll say Sarah and Kyle... They've consummated their relationship. Yeah, I was going to say consummated the relationship. And but made the, pipe bombs. Exactly. <laughs> so to celebrate the consummation, they, 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 they made some pipe bombs because yeah. this is how they intend to fight the Terminator. Yeah. Uh, so then, you know, they have a collision, the tanker explodes, and then one of the most awesome scenes to my memory is when you see this insanely scary stop-motion Terminator rise from the flames of the, of the, yeah. uh, of the tanker. And it looks incredible. And, you know, like, I'm sure back then it looked really scary, but I think it still holds that sort of horror element because of how crudely animated it is, right? It's, yeah, it's, Sam it's, Winston. It's really stop, stop motion. Yeah, Stan Winston. Stan Winston, sorry. Stan Winston who did the yeah stop motion. Uh, it's it's great. You're right because it's very mechanical and rough. So you, it's very unsettling because Arnold as the Terminator is a human and he does human things even when he's trying to talk like a, or act like a robot. But this is a robot. And like, so that's when it gets really uncomfortable. Yeah, and to me the, um, and, and, and a lot of these horrors were, or excuse me, the T-800 design came from... Uh, James Cairn said he used to have nightmares, and that's kind of what he he dreamt of. God, I would. That's yeah. scary. And then there's <laughs> also nightmare. an old episode of The Hour Limits. I think it's called like the the Hand of Fate or something like that. That is heavily inspired. You could tell heavily uh, influenced Terminator. Mm-hmm. So all those elements came to be like this um, with Stan Winston of those of that iconic endoskeleton, which mm-hmm. I love that skull. Like it's just all chrome. It has like all these you know hydraulics and all these other things in its neck. And it has like the silver teeth and everything, and the and the red eyes. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly iconic look. It's and it's so cool look. Like it's and it's scary. It really is scary, especially when it's just the endoskeleton coming after yeah, and them. You just see the eyes light up. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah, and uh, so they they escape and they go to is it like a uh, it's like a ma- it's machine. like a manufacturing plant yeah manufacturing or plant yeah, yeah. it's just something that happened to be where they crashed yeah and it's like a manufacturing plant owned by Cyberdyne. Cyberdyne, which uh, yeah. will be another important name later. Yeah. yeah, and so they're running through trying to escape this Terminator because they don't really have anything to fight it with. Eventually, 
Kyle kind of realizes like, oh, I'm we're not like I got to give you time because yeah, he's also very injured from the crash. Yeah, and I don't know if he got shot or stabbed. I think he or got something. shot as well. And, and I think he got his ankle like snatched by the the Terminator at one point. So he's yeah, like hobbling. It probably was had a grip. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so he realizes that the only way that Sarah's gonna have any chance is if I stop and like to take down the Terminator as best I can. So he let he gets her to leave, and then he gets uh. I mean, we're telling the whole story, so I gotta say it. he gets killed by the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it's just Sarah and the Terminator. Well, and Kyle puts a, he puts a pipe oh, bomb puts in a pipe the waist of the Terminator. So now the That's Terminator right. is crawling towards Sarah while, they're, yep. while they're, they're, she's crawling through like this hydraulic press, like yep. under it, which it's really claustrophobic looking. <laughs> and all you see is the torso of the Terminator clawing at her because I think like one of the arms is missing or it's like it's, it's lower broken. half is gone. And yeah, I think one one of the arms is like broken halfway off. And then yeah, so it just has yeah. one that it's like clawing towards. And her it with. looks. Just horribly terrifying. scary. It looks terrifying. Yeah. 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 And because uh, Kyle sacrificed himself by doing that, put that bomb on. He put one of the last pipe bombs on him. And then uh, she, what does she say? Uh, you're terminated. You're terminated. You're terminated. And, and then, um, yeah. So then the hydraulic press presses on the terminator and just crushes it. Yeah. And you see this effect of the eye just dimming slowly. Like it's just like, like, like the life's feeding or, you know, going away from it. And then that's it. It stops moving. And then she doesn't know if she should move either. Yeah. Yeah, and it has like the the hands like out trying to scratch her face or kill it because you know that's the only mission, it's the only job. Um, and then yeah, its lights go out. And do the police come in after that? I can't remember how it ends. Yeah, the police go in there, and then uh, I think there's I don't know if it's in the director's cut or something, or there's a a separate scene obviously, but it shows like Cyberline collecting yeah the Terminator arm and the chip. Yep. And and that's and that's the whole movie. But you know, for me, it's. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Like it's I so love good. this series. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, it it's it still holds up really well today. It is it is absolutely an effective sci-fi horror and as well as an action movie. Um it, what would you say was your favorite scene? Uh I would say well the tanker scene was pretty incredible. Um I love the technoir uh scene. Uh, it's got a great song in there by a band I can't find on Spotify. I have to go on YouTube and anytime I listen, it's called Triangles. They have a, huh. a Burning in the Third Degree song that's nice. techno noir. Uh, but that seems great because that's when the Terminator's on Sarah's tracks and Kyle hasn't found her. Like they're both trying to get to her. Uh, and then they're at the techno noir, which is like this 80s club. It's just, it's so freaking 80s. It's incredible. I yeah, love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, and then, yeah. And then Arnold, you know, or excuse me, the Terminator finds Sarah and he tries to take a shot at her and like this huge gunfight happens in the techno noir. Um, yeah, I guess those are like the biggest scenes. That, I that is me. my favorite scene as well. And I liked it because Sarah IDs Kyle. Like she sees that this guy is scoping her out. So she is pretty confident this is that phone book murderer that's going around killing Sarah Connors, <coughs> which we didn't even talk about. That's uh, true. That's the point we should make is like this, the machine yeah. is trying to find every Sarah Connor literally in the phone book. Yeah, because yeah, he doesn't know what, what, which one's which. So yeah, and he has absolutely no problem Just getting them all. Him. By yeah. process of elimination, he'll get what he needs to get. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my favorite scene is the one where um, Kyle Reese is dream- uh, he's not dreaming he's sleeping and remembering when he was in the oh yeah the was future like, scenes yeah the, my, the one specifically that always like kind of gets me it's really scary is he's coming back from a mission and he's like kind of he like gives a wink to like a little girl and there's like some people eating like a fried rat and stuff and like and then all of a sudden like two uh, T-800s um, breakthrough and the dogs are going crazy. Yeah, and they got the miniguns too. And, yeah, and they're just blasting everybody and Kyle, there's like a fire just raging around him and I think Sarah's picture is like burning up in the fire and stuff. Yeah. And he and that's when he wakes up. That is um, a pretty incredible scene because it also shows how he kind of has PTSD from 
the future and you know whatever yeah. i'm sure wherever his mind went through going back to the past pre post traumatic stress yeah <laughs> <laughs> pptsd yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's it was such a cool scene and it, like uh, really uh, anything in the future of uh, i always wanted and we'll get there, but I always wanted something that happened in like got more of what happened in that future. Right. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that stood out to me in the movie and it kind of made me laugh was when they're, they're together, Kyle and Sarah, and they're basically like camping out for the night and she just needs comfort. And it's like, well, just talk to me. I was like, Lady, yeah. what, you is, what is Kyle Reese going to talk yeah, to you You don't want to know. This is not going to be a comforting conversation. Yeah. His life has been awful. Yeah. All he knows is hiding from these things. It's survival. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One time we went out and only three of us died. Yeah. <laughs> so he does. He can't watch TV in the future. Like He can't yeah. say what episode he watched recently of yeah. you know, a Welcome Back Cotter or something. Exactly, or Simpsons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Simpsons is probably on in 2045. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It probably wasn't <laughs> over yet. <laughs> yeah, um... Anything else to say about this movie before we move on? Uh, just that it's um, you know, excellent. Always worth the watch. The the these first two movies are mandatory watches, I'd say, if you're a if you're cinema or action or fan. Sci-fi. Sci-fi, either one. Horror even. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to one They're, thing I want to mention too. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was the uh, the scene after the Terminator has his eye injured and he's oh, in the mirror? That's right? he's so like crazy. in the mirror where he's he's basically carving himself up. Yeah. It looks really cheesy now because it's like it just looks like a goofy, you know. Yeah. That was like another Stan Winston. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it still looked pretty scary because it, it's like a dimly lit bathroom or motel room, and like he's carving his uh, his eye around to to get like whatever um, like his humanoid eye. Yeah. He carved that out because he was bleeding and probably getting infected and everything. And then for the rest of the movie, uh, he's wearing sunglasses. You never see him with the sunglasses off because I would obviously, even in the middle of the night. Even yeah. in the middle of the night, yeah, he's wearing his sunglasses at night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing that I'll, I'll say too is that we didn't really mention it, but it does have a pretty iconic uh, opening, like musical score. I guess you'd say that that James Cameron. Uh, uh, I don't know if he was the one who composed. It. I don't know who composed it, but that that you know that musical score at the beginning, which we'll put here. That one, yeah, it's one of the more iconic. I don't know themes. I don't even know what you call that. Like, yeah, it's it's a theme because you know it, it's it's like a really heavy hitting steel. Yeah, theme like it, you know like ironwork and the synth sound is like it's one of those iconic things where I can just hear it in my brain and like you know get it stuck in my head sometimes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool and, it, and I think it gets kind of not maybe not remixed but like elevated in T two where I feel like it's even like better um, than, than this one, but it's still, it's the same kind of idea. It's, it's got that kind of 80s synth vibe. That's yeah. really cool. I, I love everything about the term, uh, the first term movie. It's, it's something I didn't rewatch it for this podcast. To be honest with you, like everything I've seen it so many times, I could, I could cue everything off. It's, it's, it's just so freaking good. It, to me, it's like a better word. It, it's timeless. Yeah. And it's really, really cool to see 
um, these characters and these actors, um, you know. Yeah, 40 years later. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. We're moving on? Yep, moving on. All right. So we saw what James Cameron was able to do with Terminator 1 with that was a $6.5 million budget, you said? Yeah. So... Based on the success of that, the studios went ahead and wanted to find out what he could do with a much bigger budget. And what we got was maybe the most important film from a filmmaking perspective in totality in our lifetimes. And that is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I order you not to go. I order you not to go. I order you not to go. I don't know why you cry, but it's something I can never do. This might be my favorite movie of all time. How about you? Yeah, Terminator 2. Um, oh man, it's hard for me to say it's my favorite movie of all time, but it's in the Mount Rushmore of movies for me, right? Like it's it's easily it, for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Uh, I struggle with this because. Uh, I would say I have a 1A and 1B, and this is, you know, these are always flip and flopping between the two, but it's, it's The Matrix and Terminator 2. Uh, Terminator 2 is, again, it's another movie that I can watch anytime, any, multiple times a year. I'll rewatch it. There might be details I've missed the first 700 times, and I'll catch them, but I, I freaking love this movie. This is another, another timeless movie. Which one have you seen more? Between? Oh, definitely 2. Terminator 2. Yeah, yeah I've seen the same thing. Yeah. Uh, we didn't own Terminator 1. I don't think so. I pretty much only saw that after we owned Terminator 2. Because mm. that one's, like I said, uh, Terminator 2 is probably more accessible if you're going to, for like a child, mm-hmm. than Terminator 1 is. Uh, mostly because, you know, Arnold's the good guy in this. Yeah. So, yeah. And it was just such a big event. I just remember that time and, and how, like, that was the movie. Yeah. Don, you want to set us up for. The uh, beginning of this movie, <laughs> kind of like you did the last one. All right, so the beginning of this movie starts out with um, once again, well, it's narration, right? Yeah, so it's a narration by by Sarah Connor, and she kind of you know gives you a recap of basically Terminator One, like she kind of yeah. you know tells you about what went on with a Terminator and what they are, and Skynet taking over, and Skynet uh, for the for Judgment Day. Um, it was in August '97 in, in the Terminator timeline when I was a, in middle school. We remembered that specific day, and we waited <laughs> on, at lunch at the playground. I don't know if I we did We were that. waiting for Judgment Day. We knew it was going to... My buddy, uh, shout out Nick, um, my buddy in middle school, Nick, and I, we, we remembered that day, and we were waiting. We were like, oh, this yeah, is the day. It was this like August day. 29th, yeah. uh, 1997, something like that. 27th, 29th. I always forget. I think it's 20, 29th. I think it's 29th. Yeah, and then uh, I'll even say from the beginning, from the opening credits of this movie... You have the you have the the amazing theme song, but then you also have this incredible uh, like firewall, and then be you know well it's, it's sort of like a future of after the nukes go off. So Skynet becomes self aware on Judgment Day, and then the idea is that it becomes self aware as an AI, and it starts saying nukes off all over the world, which leads us to this post nuclear world ruled by machines. So the opening of this movie starts with like that kind of destruction, which is incredible because there's scenes um, there's even like. Uh, sort of metaphors, right? So, like in the beginning, it's in a playground that's burning, and there's like mm. four of those uh, springy horses, mm. which is supposed to symbolize the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah, that's amazing. Right, it's pretty amazing. So, again, even just with the opening of this movie, it sets a tone of just what is what is the future and what it is and what are what's on the line with this movie, right? Mm. Uh, so it opens with that, and then 
you start you, you're introduced to um two characters i'll say because i think this movie is meant to be a sort of a red herring in the way it positions things so you see um arnold come back as the terminator and he's in a in a biker bar and you see the same sort of scanning uh, with his um, with his Terminator UI. I don't know what we want to call that. It's just a great opening scene. It's too. a fantastic opening scene. Like you know, there's music playing in the background. It's just like a dive bar in the middle of nowhere, and like this in the middle of this truck yard. And then uh, one one little bit of trivia too is like when it's scanning because you know it's also scanning everyone's body type to see if it yeah. fits clothes. Uh, when someone blows smoke in his face, he actually scans the smoke, and you can see the chemical chemical composition show up on the, uh, oh, the UI crazy. of the smoke. Yeah. So that's what I was saying. Like, there's a there is a narrative reason for it being kind of literal. Yeah, and you have to do it. Like, you have to so that the audience understands what's happening. But it yeah. is kind of funny to think about. Like, why would well, a robot need any of this? Yeah. And there's also <laughs> there's just so many Easter eggs with that too, yeah. though, because like that's not some I you know I knew. Like, I'm not a chemist or yeah, anything, yeah, but yeah. it's like I read about. It. I was like, that's pretty incredible that they went that far, right? Because they put gibberish. Mm-hmm. So Arnold uh, sizes this one guy up, and he. He takes his clothes and he takes his motorcycle and this iconic shotgun, which we'll get to later. <laughs> After he throws him into like a hamburger fryer. Yeah, that was the and you hear the sizzling. Yeah, that it was, was really so crazy. Like, that scene was, and then you see someone break a pool cue over his back because they don't know yeah. he's a machine. Like they just yeah. see this naked guy in a bar. For all they know, he's hopped up on drugs, yeah. you know, on adrenaline, and he's ripped. Yeah. <laughs> so he takes the clothes from the guy and then he, he speeds off because you know you assume he's, he's out to go get somebody. Uh, and then you see a second character introduced. He's a lot skinnier. Um, it's it's Robert Patrick, who we will be who will become the or who was the T one thousand. You and, don't know it yet, and you don't know it yet. So I think that's what's great about this movie is that I didn't realize this, and maybe you did beforehand. You saw it, but you know the idea is like he dresses up and he he steals a police officer's clothes. So you naturally assume that the smaller guy, like similar to Kyle Reese's stature, yeah, he kind of looked like Kyle is Reese the too. good guy. Yeah, he's playing a cop, so it's like he you know he looks up John Connor, so you assume he's going to go save him. Yeah. But the dynamic switches where you find out that. Arnold, the T-800, is there to actually protect John, and the T-1000 is the more advanced machine out to go kill John. Yeah, and you don't know. You honestly, if you... I mean, I think you could kind of suspect, but uh, if you had only seen T-1 and, and didn't know anything about T-2 and just went into it, you would you would still assume that it's got to be Arnold's the bad guy because yeah. he's the bad guy in the first one. Um, did you guys know that, though, like, before you had seen it? Cause, or would you have guessed, picked that I, I up? I, 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 I knew I about have. it. They, they didn't try to hide this. Yeah. They, they very clearly marketed it as... Terminator sequel, but with, you know, big bombastic special effects and Arnold's the good guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and well, and that's what I'd say is like, I knew it because it's the first one I ever watched. So, of course, he's, I didn't know he was the bad guy in the first one because I never saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm saying what I wish is that I didn't know at all. I wish no, I only saw the nice. first. But yeah. You can do that with like kids. Like, you yeah. can, you know, because I don't think kids are growing up and talking on the playground about Terminator in this <laughs> day and age. I so wish. So, if you did you wanted to introduce your kids and you showed them, you showed them Terminator, and then you showed them Terminator Two. Um, they might, they might be shocked when it's revealed, or they would pick up on the very clear differences of how they were displayed. Like Terminator yeah. goes in, there's Dwight Yoakam music playing, and then and then he beats beats up everybody, but doesn't kill anybody. Doesn't kill anyone. While yeah. Bad to the Bone plays as he's putting his sunglasses on. Yeah. Versus Robert Patrick, who emerges from his little orb of electricity. Yeah. And immediately murks a cop. But you don't well, no. see it. You don't no, see it. So that's what I mean. That's also what lends to the idea that you may not know, know it because, um, you know, you think he just punches at me because yeah. he, he, like, lets out, like, a groan, like he's, he's vomiting or something. Yeah, yeah, But it's like you, you later connect it, like, well, the T-1000 can make his, his you know, his arms in the blaze. Like, he probably stabbed that cop. You just didn't see it And in, in Terminator 1, Kyle Reese took out two cops in the beginning to get the, to, like, 
start the movie. Yeah. Uh, so it wouldn't be out of it wasn't outlandish a thing that he could have done that because that's what Kyle Reese did. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously you kind of know, but they do do a good, a pretty good job. I was thinking about it when I was watching it last. They do a pretty good job of kind of keeping that. Uh, is it who is it? Who you know who's who's good, who's bad? Yeah. Guy. And also, you know, when people are just watching these two go at it, like you're gonna assume that the cop is after a bad guy anyway yeah. too, right? Especially when it's a bad guy that looks like a guy who's uh out <laughs> like on the most wanted list for massive well, Osama bin Laden of LA basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and Arnold in in this, you know, in Terminator 2, he's recognized as the guy yeah. from, you know, Terminator 1 who who, you know, destroyed the uh the police building. Yep. Uh, but they're after John Connor, who's played by a young Edward Furlong here. Like he's supposed to be like I don't know, ten-ish years old, twelve, something like that. Uh, in the movie, he's supposed to be thirteen. Thirteen. It's yeah. actually a bigger. Oh no! Um, I take the back. He's supposed to be ten. No, he's not supposed to be ten because later on he's referenced as you know being in like eighth grade or whatever. Mm. Or, Let me see. I, I think yeah. No, he is. Yeah. What ten-year-old would be given a dirt bike to rent, run around? Know. It's the nineties. They did a lot of things there. But but yeah. but they're after John Connor, and then I think one of the cool scenes in this movie in the, in, in the very beginning is when. Um, the Terminator and T one thousand. The T one thousand, by the way, is uh is like is liquid metal. So like he can turn his 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 limbs into into blades and stuff. He can make stabbing weapons. Um, he can mimic other people. He's he's like this. And, and again, for the CG for this time, it, you know, nineteen ninety one, it still holds up today. I would say it holds up better than even a lot of current movies. It's uh, it's incredible how good this still looks. I mean, I get it's a simple idea and like a simple function for CGI to do, but even like the the lighting and stuff. Yeah, but they got great. reflections. Like, yeah. So yeah. there's a scene after the. So they meet up at the at the arcade because uh, they're centering in on, on John. They found out where he's at, and then. Well, let's one, go back a little bit because there's. Oh, a, go ahead. Little, yeah, yeah. So John is being raised by foster parents in LA. And he's got um, Butnick from uh, Salute Your Shorts as one of his friends. I don't yeah, know what that guy's Dave, name is. Um, David Plassey? I don't know. I don't know, name, but yeah. he's one of his friends. And he seems to have a, a jukebox that has only one song, but can keep going over and over again. And that's GNR's. Uh, what's the name of that song? You could be mine. Yeah. It's a good song to have. But have you, did you notice in that movie that that's the only song that plays on that? Well, on that, uh, well I think they might just be cutting away from it and you're, you're cutting back to them. They're but, still listening to the same song. But it's like a long time. Like, it's not. <laughs> It's more than minutes. I'll tell yeah. you like it's like it's like at least ten minutes. Well, they it could have only been a few moments to get to the mall. First. No, because yeah. they went to the bank first. Yeah, because it showed John was hacking. Yeah, the they might have gone to the bank around yeah. the block with the Atari. Stop the boombox! It know, just seemed ridiculous. The ATM. <laughs> I also would like to argue that maybe this song is so freaking awesome. Which they just I, kept it playing is. it. Also, I would. I would. I've hit The single. Yeah. Well, it is an awesome song. It is so cool, and it fits so well in the movie. Um, so, but they take off on their dirt bike and they go and steal some uh, money. John, John's kind of a hacker. He's got that like weird. It's laptop. like a little Atari thing yeah. that has like this ATM with this, uh, with like this, you know, motherboard strip going to it. And yeah, he hacks the ATM to easy take money. money out of it. Yeah, easy money. One uh, of the wonderful things that his mother taught him. Yeah, yeah. which is, and you don't, and you haven't seen Sarah at all, or no, and that's why we need to talk about her because they cut to her. She is in a. Um, Huge part of this movie being as great as it is. Mm-hmm. How where where she was at the beginning of Terminator and where she is at the beginning of Terminator Two is completely different human beings, but it makes complete sense knowing what sense. she went through. You yeah. know, and knowing, and knowing what what's she know- coming. And knowing knowing what she knows. Exactly. She's like, I have to become the ultimate killing machine because my yep. My son is going to become the ultimate killing machine, you know. Yeah, so she's at uh, or machine killer. Be, yeah, that's just, yeah, <laughs> machine killer. Yeah, that's she's true. She's at uh, I think it's like Pescadero Mental Institution, yeah, where they've they've taken her in, and then um, 
I think his name is Silver, the psychiatrist. I forgot his name in here. Something I, like that. I think you're right. I think you're uh, right. Silver. So so he's he's her doctor, essentially, and he still is basically patronizing her about what she says about the future. And uh, yeah, she, Linda Hamilton is freaking ripped in this movie. Yeah, first time you see her, she's doing one-arm pull-ups in yeah. her in her cell essentially and she's yo yes she is and she's she, you could tell she's you know she's like taking jabs at the doctor because she says something like how's the knee or yeah, something how's your knee yeah how's your how's knee because like knee? she she you know she's pretty uh <laughs> she, she's not a model patient there we'll say yeah um you know she's been scarred she's it's so crazy how different she is in this movie than she was in the first movie she's also the of the mentality that nothing she nothing she does right or wrong matters yeah the only thing that matters it, is what's that coming. It, well, when that John survives. And she basically becomes like a Terminator herself, but yeah. for her son. You mm-hmm. know, like she's going to stop at nothing to make sure that her son is safe. Yeah, like this Sarah Connor, if she was like, you know, not locked up and and away and was able to prepare, if they sent a T-800 back, it would have been immediately destroyed. She could have figured it out. She would have immediately had a plan for it. And that would have been that. um, James Cameron is always uh, had really strong female characters he writes. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I don't know, I feel like maybe people aren't giving as much attention or attribution to people like uh you know like linda hamilton or sigourney weaver for being right. especially in the 90s when especially in the 90s and the 80s and 90s to yeah. be that strong of a lead and also james cameron to, to write them so strongly and not like forced in any way like he no. wrote them to be genuine badass yeah and they are the whole time they're not like fake they're not uh you know like given like powers or anything they're just badass people and the 90s especially was so full of like crazy misogyny at, at certain points in the 90s that it is really refreshing to see these female leads that are just co- totally awesome like the best parts of the movie mm-hmm. yep. yeah and and like i said she is a very she is i think she's the definition of the strong physical or you know strong female lead, especially for like an action movie for sure. Oh yeah, yeah like it is between her and Ripley. But I've always felt that Sarah Connor's mentality made so much sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Ripley was never like the she was a strong female character, but she wasn't yeah, she like was. an action hero. She was like a, a alien. She was crafty. Yeah, at the end of Alien, she kind of becomes Sarah Connor, but the whole time she's just somebody who's surviving. You know, yeah, and exactly. Like, she she still just wants to not be involved whatsoever. Yeah. Whereas Sarah Connor was like Terminator. I where? Wanna, yeah. Where is it? I'm yeah. going to kill it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so John ends up going to the Galleria. The Galleria. They go play the. Uh, they play Afterburner. Well, looks well so he sick. plays Afterburner, which looks amazing. And then also Missile another Man. sort of symbolic thing they're doing here is that he's playing Missile Command, yeah, Missile where Command. he defends the world from nukes. I got that pretty heavy handed. Right? That's probably the most obvious reference <laughs> yeah. in there, but I, nonetheless, it's a great little thing to tuck in there yeah. as he's being chased by the T-1000. And, he was and kind of kicking ass at uh, Missile Command. Well, that was the whole point, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, he's supposed to be the person who's, who saves the human race That's and you know, the machine, so it makes perfect sense that he's getting, like, a perfect score on there. Yeah, and um, Butnik ends up seeing uh, running into the cop, the T-1000. Yeah, and he and pretend- covers for his buddy. Yep. He's an OG right there. Yeah, he is. And he, he even tries to, like, you know, get him. He to, tries to divert him. Yeah. Because yeah. I think I still like kid over there, and yeah. then the T-1000 knows he's just push them out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it comes to one of the more iconic um, parts of the movie is Arnold, a T-800, is coming with a, be- a box of roses so he well, can have the shotgun in it. Well, because it's, you know, guns and roses. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember I was a kid. I always thought that was so funny. Yeah. I was a, the guns and Roses was my favorite band back yeah. then. Still so, is. Yeah, still is, yeah. <laughs> but I mean... Um, yeah, so the the imagery of that was like yeah. ah, but it's a cool it is a cool little imagery <laughs> thing because um, so John's running, 
and he's down this hallway. This poor guy, uh, who's he's like in the a hall- guy yeah, who has like nothing to do with this movie. Uh, but the T one thousand's chasing him. He doesn't know who's good or bad. He sees the T eight hundred and he d- just freaks out because he's like, "Oh, that's the thing that." Well, he sees a cop chasing killed, killed a my giant dad. guy in, a, in leather. Yeah, yeah, and then they they well, have that pulls out a huge shotgun. huge shotgun. Roses are falling and blast the cop mm-hmm. and uh the kid the guy gets the maintenance guy gets annihilated well, he gets shot by yeah by robert Pat, the t1000 mm-hmm. with the handgun but then uh, again going back to this again with the cg in this scene where um arnold shoots you know the shotgun at the t1000 yeah. and you see his t1000 like his his liquid metal forming so that's another awesome scene where it's like you see the cg where it's like it just recovers you know in front yeah. of your eyes it's really awesome that's one drawback of the t1000 i feel like because i feel like if you shotgun blast to the t800 it doesn't like well because it can absorb it more. It's yeah. It, yeah. The T1000 it gets hit with something big. It's gotta take a second to like reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, T8- but the the benefit is that it reforms. Whereas if you hit the T800 hard enough, it will not. I don't know, but he got blasted by shotguns in the first oh, one. Oh sure, it didn't stop yeah. for a second. He, you know what I'm saying? Well, no, like, but he did get he he'd get put down by the shotgun. Remember? Yeah, not to be like diverted too much, but it's just interesting to see like yeah. the, the difference. That is one of the major weaknesses of the T1000, though, is that like it does take se- you know some time to re. It, it can slow down, but it yeah. won't stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then they get away on the he, John gets away on his dirt bike. And it, next is probably one of the more iconic scenes in the movie. Yeah. It's this big chase scene between uh, John on his dirt bike, Robert Patrick on a um, semi tow truck thing. And then Arnold's trying to get to them on, on his a, motorcycle. A Harley. On a Harley. The, Harley. the one that he stole at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's right. And the semi is just about to hit John on his dirt bike. And then Arnold shoots this lock with his shotgun, takes this crazy jump that looks really impressive mm-hmm. in the movie, the way they do it. And you can tell it's a stunt double, but it doesn't matter. Uh, they fixed it in the newer versions. Actually. Oh, do they yeah, really? They, they CG'd his, uh, Arnold's face on, but yeah, it, it back then it was pretty it, noticeable. Cl- yeah. Clearly like, not just less so, but the DVD you're like, yeah, that's, that's definitely not him. Even the stuff with John Connor, like whenever he's got a stunt double on there, it's yeah. like, it's fine. I'd rather have a stunt double than like, it's fine. Yeah. yeah but, it's it's like, not a version breaking or anything. Yeah. But it is, but he saves the day grabs John Connor and uh, blows up the T-1000 semi-truck with Yeah, and that's when the T-1000 walks out of the flames and he he looks like pure, all liquid metal, like chrome. Yeah. And again, uh, it's incredible that they had the reflections of the flames on him because 1991, you don't see anything like that. And you got to think they were were probably making this in like 90 and 91 too. Yeah, it was after the Abyss because the Abyss kind of pioneered that sort of liquid metal tech with, with the water aliens that they had under there. Uh, and this is like an evolution of that. It's and so that was impressive. Eighty-eight, I think. For do you know 89. who did the CG? Was it Sam? Uh, it was ILM. Sam? Oh, ILM. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. it was gonna be. Stan Winston did do all the uh, you know like the practical models and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, after this whole scene, John kind of figures out that the T eight hundred is there to protect him. He even goes, I figured that out on my own, <laughs> which is like a good John. I'm happy you figured that out. Uh, and then he's he realizes that he's got to go tell his foster parents that this t-1000 might be after them and that's a really cool scene too because one it has that really funny part where he's like hey you got any change and then like arnold yeah, just bashes the the payphone the payphone pay yeah <laughs> it takes out the quarter yeah. yeah see kids back in the day when you wanted to call someone and you're out and about you had to put a quarter in this little machine or call 1-800 collect <laughs> yeah or 10 10 2 20 uh, and this is a great scene because it also you know uh, the t-800 is giving because you know he's a machine so he has like files on everything 
you can imagine. So he gives John the rundown, which and, you know gives the audience the rundown of what the team 1000 can and can't do. Because John even asked, like, well, can it turn to a bomb or something or a gun and just yeah. shoot me? It's like, no, no, no complex objects. It could be like, you know, stabbing weapons. It could change its form. Yeah, can't have chemicals, like moving parts yeah. like a bomb has. So, he, you know, John wants to go see his foster parents. And Etienne Hurt says no because the T-1000 is likely there. He's like, well, how do you know? He's like, well, I would do it. Yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> and uh, the way that they find out, well, he calls his, his foster mom. And she's kind of like, she was kind of a, I don't know. She seemed like she was just fed up with his crap, to be yeah, honest. who wouldn't be? But, but yeah, like he didn't seem like the model son. But anyway, she seems extra nice on the phone and that kind of makes john weird feel weird about it he's like super nice right now what's going on and they hear the dog barking and in the first terminator that's what if you like, like a terminator you're like oh, oh you know yeah because uh, the dogs the, could detect the machines the dogs yeah. could, could the, 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 the dogs connected the dogs were able to find like if the human or the robot was there so uh arnold gets on the phone as John, like he uses his he voice, his voice, and then yeah. uh, tricks the T one thousand into giving up that you know it's it's the mom. Well, he he says, "Hey, what's wrong with Wolfie?" Yeah, the dog's uh, name because the dog's like, name is Max. Max yeah. yeah, so just by that, the T one thousand doesn't know what the dog's name is, and unfortunately, kills the dog after because he looks at the collar and realizes that you know he he's did been he do had. that? I didn't. I don't remember. That's that might have been a special edition. edition. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he goes out there and you, he stabs the dog and he pulls the collar up. And, yeah, it's <laughs> a good scene to take out then. Yeah. Foster parents are dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the dad. Well, then has that crazy scene because you hear that something happened to the dad off off screen, and then it pans over and you see the dad. It has a carton of milk. Yeah. With the T one thousand knife through the milk. It's like a his giant head. blaze through <laughs> his head, piercing him into the cabinet. Yeah. It's yeah. gruesome. And then yeah, it pierced through the milk carton. Yeah. And you see blood dripping. It's. it's like I Slices off and falls to the ground. Yeah, yeah it's an iconic scene. That it scene, is. I remember and that a lot when I was a kid. That one was like terrifying to me as a kid. That uh-huh. was the part where I was like, "Ee!" Little made it a little squeamish when I was younger. That's it is. I don't know if it's the most violent scene, but it's definitely up there for most violent scene in the movie as far as like yeah, violent like gore goes. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, but then they, John decides that he has to get his mom. Because he realizes, okay, the T-1000 is probably going to go after my mom next. And he has, he has to go save him. Yeah, the Terminator wants none of that. Yeah, he's like, uh, this like, is a really nope. bad idea. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what the T-1000 is going to do. We're not going to do that. But John's able to order the Terminator to do that. Because the Terminator is programmed to follow his commands. Yep. Yep. Call moi a dipstick. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so they go to Pescadero. Um, but what they don't know is while that's happening, Sarah is already planning to get out because she has heard about the T eight hundred being back in. She saw the yeah. bo- video uh, photos that they put down in front of her. Yeah, because the police wanted to ask her questions. They yep. thought that that maybe the T eight hundred is coming for her. Is, yeah, is, is also what the impetus for that was. And then she, obviously she realizes being the T and her is probably here to kill John or her. Or yeah, whatever else. and so she's like, I got to get out of here. So she's already been planning to get out of Pescadero when they're coming to go get her and the T-1000 is also going there to kill her, take her identity, and then try to get John. And the T-1000 has a great scene in this too because he's mimicking um, one of the security guards. Yeah, uh, and it's and that scene, that CG scene was uh, pretty mind blowing when I was a kid because well, when he's the floor, yeah, because <laughs> the the security guard he's trying to get himself some coffee from the vending machine. He's talking to the receptionist, and then. Uh, there's like this great camera angle where it's like slightly above the the security guard, and you see the floor rising with a checkered floor pattern. Yeah, and it's the T1000 forming as the security guard. And a uh, fun trivia there is those are twins. It was a lucky day. It was brothers. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> brothers were pointing each other out, and then T1000 kills one of them. Yep. So you could you know you could get into the into the mental institution. There's after the a, receptionist. Yeah. Another really cool thing I saw today when I was kind of doing stuff for the show 
there's a part where the T-1000 as a security guard is going into the higher level security and he has to knock on the glass door. And when he knocks on it, it's the sound of metal on glass and not a human, not flesh. I do remember reading that. Yeah. Because yeah, it sounds really dense. Yeah, it's really dense. Yeah. It's like a dung, dung, dung kind of thing that you would have if you had like a metal pipe on the glass. Again, I love little details like that. Like that's why I think, you know, James Cram, especially and like a lot of those filmmakers who take that little bit extra step to get that. Yeah. It's like you probably wouldn't notice it. You may read it and you go back and watch it. You're like, oh, yeah, like I totally missed that. Even though I've seen this six million times. So, so the T-1000's in. He's already getting for Sarah. Sarah has already gotten free of the security guard guy and he's gone and found the doctor <laughs> got like was it like ro- it's like uh, bleach it's, or it's, some it's, sort it's, of uh, cleaning it's like, it's like drano drano yeah, yeah drano uh gets a syringe puts the drano in the syringe puts that into his neck so all she has to do is push down on the plunger and that'll kill him yeah and that's how she's gonna get out so the, the t-1000's in she's trying to get out and when all that's happening the t-800's pulling up with john and the very part is John's made him swear that he will not kill people, that he that he's not allowed to do it. And he just and, can't. And the T-800 <laughs> doesn't know what swearing means. Yeah. You know, yeah, even he's like, put up he your, puts up his right hand. Yeah, put up yeah. your hand and say, you swear did, I won't kill anybody. He's like, I swear, like as if it means anything anyway to this yeah. thing. So it's great because you're like, oh, okay, how's he going to get through this security guard guy at the beginning of it? And he just grabs his gun and shoots him right in the kneecap. Yeah. He incapacitates him. Yeah, he won't kill like, him. He'll, he'll incapacitate him. Yeah, he turns live. to John and tells him he'll live. He'll live. That was like one of the best scenes. Um, and anyway, you get the first like real big uh, face off between the T eight hundred, Sarah, and the T one thousand, and she's terrified of the T eight hundred. Yeah, yeah, she, she so she's she's almost scot free at this point. Mm-hmm. And as she rounds the corner, it's this amazing shot of her seeing the T eight hundred, Arnold Schwarzenegger once again. Yeah, and the way she com- completely stops running to the point that she slips and falls and starts screaming. Yeah, it's the exact opposite of what you think because she's been training her whole Yeah, life. but she has nothing on hand to and, handle yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. You know, as as tough as she is, that. this reduced her to a mess instantly. Because mm-hmm. she she's like, uh, she's remembering all that trauma, you know, all the trauma from before. Mm-hmm. And so she's trying to double back and saying he's going to kill us all. Then the, the guards all try to subdue her. But then Arnold... Grabs onto these guards and just starts chucking well, them all over the place. And before like, we get to that, the re- one of the reasons she ends up trusting him is he says the Kyle iconic Reese line that Kyle Reese said, which is, come with me if you want to live. Yep, come with me if you want to so live. So then that's when they team up. Yeah, and then the T-1000 is after them. And there's also a great scene here well, with the T-1000. she first sees John. Oh, John yes. comes sprinting yeah. up. That's, and yeah, that, that's right. And that kind of clues like, her in well, that she's, first she's like, what on. is happening? Because <laughs> she's like, how is he with this guy? You know? Um, yeah, because she does see John. And then, meanwhile, behind them, you see Robert Patrick's T-1000 walking oh, up. The- he comes up to the bars, and he's obviously locked out. He can't get through. No big deal. Except he just walks right into them and through them. And it was just such a cool-looking scene. I mean, it still looks great today, but yeah. t- back then, that was absolutely mind-blowing. Remember he had the gun on him? Yeah, his gun and that gets stuck in the stuck. It wouldn't go through. Yeah, nice little- that was a little cool little thing they did. That's the stuff that Jim Cameron does that you're like, oh, that's neat, It's man. great. And then, yeah, he chases them in an elevator where they try to escape. And there's a great scene uh, with that again where the T-1000 turns his arms into blades. And yeah. He tries to pry the elevator doors open. 
and he does. And then Arnold takes a shotgun and blasts it. And you see this awesome effect of the yeah the liquid metal like shattering his head into two. Yeah. And he has to reform. It reforms right in front of you. And again, it looks incredible. It's so good. I don't know how they did it with the technology they had. I honest. don't know. It, it's it's really mind blowing. Like again, like because it holds up so well now. And you see, you again, you envision for 1991, and there was nothing like that. There's nothing coming close. To There's that. very few movies like that where that that type of technology in that day and age, like uh, Jurassic Park, is one. You know, um, and this is another where you're like, wow, this the computer graphics in this really stand the test of time. They really did a good job. Yeah. Um, in the original Matrix. Yeah. Like those three movies definitely took CGI and and what we can do in movies and really just took them to new heights. Yeah. So John and you know gets away with the Terminator. Um, has a really cool scene where he grabs the little chunk of the T-1000 that's left and throws it off, and then it mm-hmm. gets reabsorbed into his boot. Um, and they they decide that they're going to have to uh, hide out, go to get her supplies in. They're in Mexico, right? Or they're like, that's uh, where they have to go? Yeah, they're, they're going to, I think it's uh, Nicaragua or something like that. I, I yeah, I don't, honestly don't remember where they go exactly, but they ended up going... They're going cross- south. They're in California, and they're going just... As south as, as as they can. Yeah, and they go they go to see uh, what's his name Enrique Enrique Enrique, Enrique. Uh, and I think he's in Mexico. I think that's where they are. And so they travel to um, meet Enrique. And this is where Sarah's had all of her stuff. This is like where this she's where, learned. Yeah, one of her boyfriends. I don't know if they had a relationship before, but they, like John was saying, like how his mom, you know, would shack up with certain guys to like learn, learn. from them, basically use them to, yeah. to survive and learn whatever she could from them. And Enrique is like, he's like a black market arms dealer or something. He's got, I don't know what he has he a is. whole arsenal yeah. all over his compound. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy. And this is. Uh, through this part, this is when the relationship between John and the Terminator um, really starts to to form uh, this idea, and then it kind of gets a little too heavy handed. Where you you if you're smart enough, you get the idea that this is the the dad that he's always needed. Uh, he's never had this figure who really he, even his mom wasn't there because she was in a mental institution. Uh, but then Linda Hamilton really just kind of spells it out for you at one point in the movie that that's yeah. exactly what's going on. But it's very neat to see this kind of symbiotic relationship happening where the Terminator is there protecting him and John is humanizing the Terminator at the same time. Yeah. Kind of explaining the world to him. And, and it's weird because there's a scene that they cut out of the theatrical version. They added the special that, that kind of had context to why the Terminator is learning because technically – you know, he was reprogrammed, but he's not set to learn anything. So there's a scene they cut out where they actually go into the Terminator's oh. head. They, like, shut him off temporarily, and they change his chip to read. Yeah. So he can learn stuff like that. That's like in, the, the uh, smiling and the high five and all that good that, stuff. That's when they're fixing him up in the garage, Yeah, right? like yeah. they're taking all the bullets out and everything. And then also, that. And also we should touch on, too, there, there's a lot of scenes with uh, Miles Dyson, who is sort of the... The creator of, uh, of of the chip and Skynet, like he sort of the lead engineer. Yeah, so Cyberdyne took the original Terminator's arm and chip. That's what we were gonna say. We didn't we didn't really stress on that, but Cyberdyne from the first movie had taken the arm and the chip that were both uh, left over from Sarah destroying the um, the robot in the first one, and they have secretly been working on this as like a clandestine kind of thing the whole time. And Miles Dyson is. The, the guy who's been working on it the most. Yeah. So so that le- leads up to um to when they're you know on the run and they're in Enrique's compound and then Sarah discovers that um Miles Dyson was behind everything because they're they're, all, they're on the road trip there to Enrique's compound. Sarah wants to know everything about Judgment Day, everything the Terminator knows because again he's a machine. He knows he has everything, everything. on his files. Detailed so he, files. Yeah. This entire road trip, he's telling them everything he could possibly know. Yeah. So. Later on, after, you know, after they, they sort of arm up and they're getting ready to leave or stay there for the night, basically, um, Sarah leaves and uh, she writes, she carves no fate into the 
lunch table they have there because that's also a callback to the first movie where uh, Kyle Reese says, you know, John told me to remember this and whatever yeah. else. And he says, there's no fate but what we make, which is the future is not set. Yep. So that's when John connects that Sarah's going to go kill Miles Dyson to prevent Skynet from ever happening, from, you know, from the project ever going forward. Judgment Day from ever, Judgment ever, Day from ever happening. So mm -hmm. she thinks that by killing Dyson, no one else will pick up the work. Yep. And so they decide that they have to go and get her. They can't let her do this. It's not okay. Even if we know the future, it's not okay to do this to a person who doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and they get to Dyson's house right before uh, – she shot him though, right? She shot him in the leg. Yeah. yeah. Well, she she took shots at him first because he was like working on his computer. Yeah. And then his With son – With his little uh, RV. Or, yeah, uh, his VR son had like this yeah. remote-controlled monster truck looking thing yeah, that yeah, yeah. serendipitously ran to his leg, which caused Dyson to you know to put his head down. When he was silently revving the engine of the car. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that because I was like, I want that truck when yeah, I was a me kid. Too. Yeah, uh, and then, you know, she, she misses because she's aiming at his head. There's like a laser sight right on his back of his head. And then uh, she basically tries to ambush the house. And then as she, he gets shot in the leg, I think I mean, it is. his shoulder. His shoulder. That's right. Because, yeah, because Terminator Oh, you're right. There. Yeah, yeah. And then the Terminator and John arrive just at that time. And she, you know, they stop Sarah from killing this guy. Uh, and then at, this is another like one of the most iconic scenes to me in any movie. Oh yeah, is when um, Dyson's Show. on the floor. He's 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 got his, his shoulder. He's like almost he's panicking. His wife's there. His family's traumatized. And yeah. then, you know, they're they're basically just saying like, okay, we're gonna tell you all kinds of things. Here's proof of it. And yeah. then the Show. Terminator. And he says, Danny, show me your room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. John Carr takes his son to his bedroom. Yeah, because he knows how traumatizing this is about. Yeah, to be. and all takes this knife and carves all down his forearm and rips the skin off, showing nothing but the moving T eight hundred endoskeleton arm, and it's incredible. It's crazy, and their reaction is about as genuine a reaction as you're ever going to get yeah, in film. Yeah, speechless or, and horrified. And horrified. Yeah, absolutely traumatized. And that's what I would, if that happened to me, I would be absolutely traumatized. Yeah. yeah that'd be pretty upsetting. Yeah. And, that whole, <laughs> and then yeah, the whole, the rest of this, or the rest of this scene is, is involving um, a voice over by Sarah talking about how the Terminator, you know, they were talking Dyson to basically what, what his work will lead to. Mm -hmm. And Dyson hits, you know, he's going to be responsible for however many billion deaths and then uh, he, they ultimately planned to go destroy Cyberdyne and blow the building up. Yeah, they destroy all his files at home, and they say, we're going to go to Cyberdyne. We'll destroy the original chip. And the, and like Sarah's, I like when Sarah finds out that like they had the chip in the hand the whole time. She's like, ah, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Because yeah. uh, also the, the impetus behind this is, is Dyson says, well, I can't just get rid of it. Like, someone's going to continue the work. We have to destroy mm -hmm. all of it. There's Everything. no trace of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, for someone who just had a home invasion, got shot in the shoulder, got to witness a horror show of someone ripping skin off of and showing off their robot arm. You know, Dyson handles all of this remarkably well. She <laughs> well, says that. Yeah, she <laughs> says exactly that. She's like, it's not every day you find it responsible for, you know, like two, billion two billion deaths. Yeah. He took it well or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, he took yeah. it pretty well. But I mean, like, you know, his his spurring to action. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think there he There was understood. no real hesitation well, there. He had been working on the arm, so at least he understood that, like, Oh, the arm I'm working on is connected to this well, freaking and thing. And he mentions, he says, like, you know, the technology in here is something beyond we've never, ever seen in our lives. Yeah. Which is, you know, you know, he doesn't know it's from the future, but he doesn't understand where it came from or why it's so advanced. Yeah, because when they're in the in the very beginning, when they're showing Cyberdyne and Dyson, he's working on a very large version of this microprocessor. It's like they've they retrofitted it for or not retrofitted. It's, well, it's like a modern version. Yeah. To yeah. show that it's, it's, it's scaled up. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's probably like as best as they could do with the technology they had at that time was yeah. this thing yeah but uh but anyway so they decided to go to cyberdyne to destroy everything so that nobody can work on dyson's work and dyson will not work on it either um and so they have to go to the cyberdyne to destroy it 
and the cops get kind of tick, ticked off that they're going to be there. Um, so while they're working to destroy everything and get yeah, everything They're planting going, bombs and everything all over. Yeah. yeah. Um, the cops show up and shut down everything, and John Connor's got to use his little you know, ATM trick to kind of get the code. And the cool, the, one of the coolest parts of this movie is when... Arnold says that he'll, you know, he's he's like, I'll handle it. And then John's like, no killing. And he's like, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> he just looks back with like the smoke around him. Yeah. That's great. And then he takes a minigun and Jesse Ventura could never do what Arnold does in this movie with a minigun. Let me tell you. This yeah, they is, said this that. This is the iconic minigun toting scene of all time. Of all time. Sorry, this, Rambo. Sorry, yeah. Jesse Ventura. And they, they said that was all Arnold, too. That wasn't like a prop minigun. That was geez. him. You know, I'm sure he didn't have the actual belt in or something. But yeah. that was all Arnold lifting that damn thing. And it, it, it looks insane. And like, it's so just, cool. It's such a cool scene. It is one of the most badass things you'll ever see in your life in any movie. And it's shot... Um, it it's very shot like James Cameron style with like kind of lens flare. Yeah, helicopters all over the place. Yeah, a lot yeah. of noise. Yeah, and it's very it's very James Cameron, very James Cameron, and uh, he ends up incapacitating basically every police officer, or at least re- making them retreat so that they can get their stuff done and get out yeah. of there. And um, they end up sending in SWAT to stop them, and the SWAT guys shoot Dyson. And he's like morally wounded. At yeah. This and he has the detonator for these, uh, for the bombs that they were going to, that they planted. And he tells Sarah to get out of here and he's doing this like in shock. It's like thing. this exasperated gas. Yeah. That he's, gets he's more holding rapid. on for life because he basically is holding a weight above yeah. the button. Yeah. So that whenever he dies, it's just going to go off. But he's also struggling with, you know, the weight and the fact that he's bleeding out. And I think he genuinely didn't want those guys to die. No, like, he didn't. You know, he like, didn't. He was he like, I don't know. want innocent people yeah. to die. He said, I don't know how long I could hold this. Yeah, and he's trying to get there. them to be like, just get out of here. Yeah, get out of here. And another and another bit of symbolism is uh, that weight he's holding is actually a, a piece of the destroyed ship of that of that model they had before. Oh, is that right? That is. So it's almost again, sort of like a you know, it's own metaphor where it's like he's using the chip to destroy uh, Cyber or anything like that. That's so cool. Yeah, and I, and I should note we should note too that uh, John took the the arm, the T eight hundred arm from T one and yeah. the chip. So he, that's on him. With he's got with yeah, him yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool. How he did that too, where he just threw it on the ground. He's yeah, like, Dyson's right. trying to explain. Yeah. Him. All right, now to get that out, you need to. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. John just like smacks them off of there onto the floor. It's yeah. like a cat pushing some off a table. He's like, yeah. no, I'll, I'll get it. Yeah. Uh, the T-1000 gets there, but it's basically too late at that point. Um, they've, they've already escaped, but he knows, he knows where they're going. So he, <laughs> he flies his motorcycle off of the building, a through window onto this helicopter. Yeah. He, he, he hijacks the helicopter with the best line his head through the yeah, windshield with the best line where he's like get out uh-huh. <laughs> the guy does not waste the <laughs> yeah, moment yeah yes sir yes sir i'm 30 <laughs> feet up in the air i don't care yeah. uh and so then the next really cool car chase happens oh, where it's one it's the like a swat van and yeah, that, that, got, that, the terminator sarah and john have escaped in yeah, yeah and they like pile a bunch of um it's like uh, vests and yeah, it's like yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff to what protect them. Bulletproof vests, Bulletproof vests. Yeah. It's all yeah. over John to mm-hmm. protect him. And they're trying to stop the T-1000 who's in this helicopter now. Uh, he ends up, what is he, like flip it? Is that what happens uh, to well, it? Or? Well, the t- no, the- uh, Arnold slams on the brakes on the, the oh, SWAT van. That's yeah. right. And it crashes into the SWAT van. But yeah. that, that scene right before that happens, because he's in a helicopter, t- the, t- the, excuse me, the T-1000 is, well, I don't know if you noticed this as well, but... Um, 
he's piloting with a third arm. So he's got two arms with guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his liquid metal has a one arm on the on the throttle so that he's piloting there. It's not really easy to notice, but you can tell if you look lower on the screen. Yeah. But also it's like he's flying under this bridge, which they did that legitimately. That's not CG obviously, but you know when they fly under. Most of the stuff is practical. I mean obviously. It's all that, practical, yeah. yeah. But yeah, and then um they they you know, he slams on the brakes in the uh in like the, the SWAT van and that's when the T one thousand and helicopter crashes right into it. Yeah, that was so cool. And then they have to get into this like jalopy. Yeah, <laughs> this little pickup, a little hoopty. <laughs> yeah. And then um and the T one thousand takes over a, another tanker. Uh, uh yeah, it's a, it's a it's it's liquid nitrogen liquid tanker. Liquid nitrogen tanker, yeah. Because yeah, there like there's a big accent, there's you know, pedestrians are coming out. I was like, Oh, is everything okay? Like trying to figure out what happened and you know, they don't know what's going on. The T one thousand takes the guy's uh liquid nitrogen truck and then, you know, Sarah and John and T and her get the hoopty. Yeah, I wonder what makes the T eight the T eight hundred seem like it had some like better things than the T one thousand as far as like uh creativity or any like like improv improvisational. Um uh, I think it's because it knows it needs to be improvisational because yeah. it is has no delusions that can, he could take a T one thousand in a fight. Yeah. And it also may have files on the T one thousand too, right? Maybe. Same with the T one thousand having the T eight hundred because because he does get the better of him the T one thousand. Well, they quite they often. do a good job at slowing him down. Yeah, yeah. But he never fully gets like the better of. Because in this one, he he jumps onto the the semi. Yeah. Oh uh, god, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah that which, was such a great shot. Yeah, which yeah. is like one of the coolest shots. He's in the got movie. a machine gun that he's just like blasting the T one thousand. Like you see his body just like <laughs> taking all the bullets, and you see him like all those little bolt holes form up. Yeah. It looks incredible. Yeah. And then the and then he grabs the the wheel and Jack violently knows. yanks it and yeah and causes that, a huge just huge crash with the eighteen wheeler. So that makes uh, they they're somehow like leading to a smelting plant. Yeah, it's like a steel mill. <laughs> like a steel how mill. coincidental. Yeah, yeah. just and like uh, how coincidental it was to lead to cyber cyber in the first place with, right? uh, with some hydraulic presses. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so uh, when they get there, all of this liquid nitrogen is spilling out. All over the T one thousand, and they're kind of far away, a way that doesn't affect them. But the T one thousand is getting doused in this uh, liquid nitrogen, and it starts to freeze him. And eventually, he can't even like he has to break off his foot so they can keep going after them. And his arm breaks, and like another foot breaks. And then another really iconic shot is when Arnold, with the as a Terminator, does the little move and shoots him point blank in the middle and explodes the entire all the shards out yeah when he when he learned, uses the <coughs> phrase that john taught him hasta la vista yeah which i remember that being everywhere uh, yeah well, Bart, commercials back then yeah it was a, hasta la vista baby was a huge thing hasta la vista baby is probably one of the most iconic lines in any cinema but this movie obviously it was like i'll be back hasta la vista baby come with me if you want to live yep. there's so many big big lines in this movie um did you guys think that was the end uh, I, I thought the T one thousand was pretty much done for, and then you see the T one thousand basically melt because it, it makes sense that they're in steel on that regard yeah. too, right? Like yeah. it probably made it you know melt faster. And then again, another awesome looking scene is when all this uh, it looks like mercury. I don't know if that was practical or not. I can't remember. I, I don't know if they, I want to know if that was real or not because it does I seem forgot. like they maybe could have done it with like magnets or something. Yeah, know, you know, I'm not. I forget how it happened, but but then it forms up into the T1000 human body again with another impressive CG showcase. Like, so crazy. It's like it's rising from this liquid metal from this chrome that's also reflective of the steel metal and in in back in the human form again. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like I said. I actually saw this scene before I saw the movie. Yeah. So literally, like, it was just on one pay-per-view, and we had the black box and all that. I think my dad might have been watching it. And I kind of walk out, and I just think, like, that poor officer. <laughs> <laughs> like, how traumatic. And it terrified me. And then, I don't want to get liquid nitrogen yeah, then, on me. I saw what happened to him. And he gets shattered, and I'm just like, oh, geez. Like, yeah. that's 
what an awful way to die. And then what what the heck's going on here? Where it starts to <laughs> Is that what happens when we So do- <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that scene was what made me be like, I need to watch this movie. Yeah. Because that blew my mind. So then that that leads to uh, Arnold saying, like, I gotta fight him, you guys gotta get out of here. And they have kind of like the last the last big fight scene. And the T one thousand is there's no tricks or no, you know, no no gimmicks that the T-800 can do anymore. He just has to straight up fight him. And in a straight up fight, he's just not strong enough or powerful enough to, to overcome him. And the T-1000 shoves like a metal bar through his chest and like destroys him. Mm-hmm. And he's his little red light blinks it off dims, and he's, he's dead. And so then it's just Sarah and John. I think Sarah puts John somewhere, right? And she puts him in like this conveyor belt thing yeah. to like let him escape and, you know, and uh, just to get her, get him away and that's when um, she confronts the T one thousand, and T one thousand puts like this blade right through her shoulder, and he's yeah. twisting it to call to John again to come over. Uh, and I forgot what happened when they how that broke off. I forgot if she just well, she has the shotgun. Uh, Arnold showed up with the uh, the oh, that's long right, the rebar steel thing. Rebar, well, before yeah, that, and... she's got the shotgun and she's blasting. Him. No, 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 no. That's after. Was that after? Okay. Because this is when when the T eight hundred sort of uh, rebooted itself yeah. in this crazy it, scene. It, with it, music. Yeah, it got like a new uh, yeah. It went on a, on its backup battery. It was like no, a no. He, it's thing. not when he reboots himself. It's when he gets out of the 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 gear that his arm was trapped in. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh so yeah. He was that's right. So, you're right. So that happens. Then he gets stabbed with the thing. Yeah. And yeah after right. after saving Sarah is when then, the T one thousand really lets him have it. Yeah. And then Sarah has the shotgun and she's blasting him with Later, the shotgun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's getting you know he's getting blasted well, farther and farther. No no no, back. no no no. What what he's doing is he's there's there's a break for you know to show Terminator that he's dying or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then there's. Sarah calling for John. Oh, that's right. It's, yeah, sorry. And it's really the T-1000 calling for John. And in yeah. another case of twin magic, we have Linda Hamilton mm-hmm. and her twin sister. Yeah. Because John's thinking that's, that's Sarah. Here she is. She's hurt. She's hobbling. She's over there. And then you just hear Linda Hamilton yell, get out of the way, John. And yeah. that's when she has the shotgun. And he knows because you're well, saying. Yeah. So in the special edition, there's a scene where... Um, so even in the regular edition, you see like this this scene after he reforms it after the T one thousand reforms from melting, like his uh, his whole body shimmers. It's like a it just pans right across. Yeah. So that's sort of to imply that uh, he's been glitching this whole time. Like with every gunshot he's taking, and especially you know being shattered, he's starting to glitch. So he's also a prototype. So he he's doesn't al- really know. Like he may not be a finished product of what a T one thousand. Yeah. So there's there's one scene where they show his hand kind of molding to the to this <clears> bar <throat> like a handlebar, but John can catches that it's not his mom because in the special edition he looks down at, at his feet and he sees that the the feet like molded in the ground with the same texture as the ground mm. and he realizes that's the fake plus sarah's behind him or behind yeah. fake sarah yeah and starts the shooting. one with the gun saying get out of the way is your mom exactly yeah. also he should know that there's no way that his mom would call for him yeah like she, she would she, never do that she exactly. would never put john in front of you know like especially when she just sent him away you have to remember that she like we said in the beginning she basically became a terminator like Mm -hmm. she she will protect him at Mm -hmm. all costs and do she even says that like that's what a woman you know that's basically what women are for that's is protection it might it's hard to say if it's my favorite scene or not because that swelling music when right before when she's just blasting away with the shotgun just continuously he's just inching him further and further and and like, further yes, back yes she's because gonna, he's gonna like go, he's gonna go. All, all that's below him is just a bunch of it's smelted mel- metal, smelted yeah. metal yeah. like yeah. it's so whatever if anything that gets in there is gonna melt yeah. he was like one shot away yeah like, and then yeah, she was, she's out she was one shotgun shell away from single-handedly killing a yeah. t-1000 yep that's she how awesome it twice this woman just is. to be sure yeah. 
Yeah. But and- then uh, right when all seems lost and the T-1000 is going to kill her, uh, going over the little conveyor belt is the T-800, which had rebooted itself mm-hmm. and uh, has the, the one launcher. last grenade, yeah. grenade launcher. In yeah. <laughs> Blast them into the smelter, and that's a really cool scene too. When all of the different, all um, the forms he took forms he over took. the movie, yeah, yeah like John's to, foster mom, the cop, because he's ba- like, like you said, he was glitching. Now he's like dying, and he's trying to figure out a way out of this thing. So he's he's glitching into every form that he has ever had to find a way to and get out. And the scream that thing had in there too, like I don't know what they used, but it was also pretty terrifying because it's like yeah. this high pitched, like almost animalistic scream, but like a metal animal. Yeah, <laughs> like, like it sounds hollow and echoey. It's really yeah. weird, but it, it just looked terrifying because it's just like contorting every way. And that final shot where all of his liquid metal is melting away, and it and it has like the face. It's like the it outline like of a face, loops two eyes into and a mouth, itself, and then it turns into a face again, and then it just slowly like, yeah it becomes like the sad face that you would see on like a lot of those plays the, yeah like, just on play billboards and all that mm-hmm. yeah and that that's the end well that's not the end but that's the end of the t-1000 yeah and then uh the t you know they basically really you know they're, they're safe more or less and the t-100 uh now tells them that like you know well he tells john to throw the chip and the arm into the smelting lava molten lava whatever you want to call yep. it um, and then, you know, Arnold says, the T-100 says, there's one more chip, and he points to his head, and that, you know, obviously lets John and Sarah know that, like, he has to destroy himself, or he has to die, yep. because he can't live, because, you know, they the, can get it's to It's too him. dangerous to leave him around, because somebody may find him, and yeah. then, uh, you know, that could start Judgment Day again, so he has to destroy himself. And John, at this point, he's he's trying to order the Terminator to go, and I think Edward Furlong did a really good job, like... It's tough, Desperately man. trying not to get this machine it's like, that he doesn't understand has to die. If it's not his dad, it's at very least the first thing that's ever cared about him other than his mom his entire life and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. gets him and understands him and cares about you know cares for him and wants to protect like the thing that he's been looking for his entire life is now telling them it has to go and you have to kill him because the Terminator yeah. can't self-destruct he can't lower himself into the molten lava himself and he was uh, just so you guys know he was 10 in that movie yeah. and think about a 10 year old basically but telling he you he really was not. no he looked like he was 13 yeah. Yeah, at the very least that's a 13 year old when uh, he hit purity through some of it too his voice yeah, yeah it, but, but to, anyway to be fair like imagine a 10 year old having to tell you like your best friend that like i have to go you know you'll never see me again like mm-hmm. i have to go yeah because they understand that he's not human you yeah know? and what does uh arnold do to get him to what does he say well, to get him to, i know now yeah, why I you cry yeah. but it's something i could never do i know now why you cry but it's something i can never do i remember i was watching fantastic. i was watching the movie iconic. up with someone and at the end of that scene and she's like how are you not crying i use that line <laughs> <laughs> but it's and it's it's so good it's even as a, a movie sci-fi ridiculous movie that little line is just like oh well, and also what a it, great line. It, it leads to the to the epilogue that uh, Sarah narrates, right? Where it's uh, well, the Termi- so Sarah lowers the Terminator into the molten lava, and like, and up. he gives a thumbs up again. Yeah. Another iconic scene from this movie, yeah. and then you know he's in in the lava, and then like you see his uh, his you know Terminator UI slowly like kind of scramble, and then it just dims, and it, that's it. He's gone. But then at the end, Sarah narrates about how, you know, if like if machines can learn how people act or how to learn or love or whatever, something like that, mm-hmm. then maybe we can too. But it's the whole thing, like the Terminator didn't understand, but he, he did understand why people cry and emotions or anything like that. He gets what makes humans different than robots yeah. and makes them maybe not better, but maybe better. I mean, maybe better in that way in that like they have this capacity for emotion that robots don't have. And that's why he has to go because he can't do this thing. He can't be the thing that John wants ultimately because yeah. he's only a robot. He's not his dad, you know. 
And that's the end of the movie. That's that's an eleven out of ten movie for me. It's it's it is absolutely a bonus score movie for me. It as made well. me really happy just recounting it with you. Yeah, guys. I want to watch, watch it again. I, I love. I this probably movie. watched it a month ago. I'm gonna watch it again. I love this movie so much, like unbelievably, how much I love this movie. It's a perfectly paced movie. Like this, yeah. this there is no and it's long. there is nothing slow in this movie. Nope. There's no lulls. There's nothing like that. Well, even like the slower scenes are amazingly interesting because you're learning about all the characters in there. Like yeah. there's even when they're in the um, in that garage uh, while they're hiding out for the night. Like there's stuff like just John talking to Terminator with Sarah and everything. Like you learn about all the characters and it's, it's like a slow burn, but it, it works. There's like a four minute scene where John is teaching the Terminator how to do a high five, and it's like yeah. awesome. And you're like, this <laughs> is <right>. amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's an incredible movie. It's it's one of my favorites ever. Uh, I will say the the specialization also has a, a deleted ending that happened, which I, I'm not I wasn't a fan of, but if it meant that we would have never gotten any more Terminator movies because they didn't even exist, what are you talking it about? Fine. <laughs> Yeah, these but, are the only two Terminator. Well, well one thing I'll say too is uh, before we even go past that is think about the um, the merchandising from this movie. Like how many well, Terminator I saw toys t- everywhere? The game isn't it crazy how yeah. back then we had toys for movies that we had no business the, watching. The one thing I wanted <laughs> so bad was there was a toy. Uh, there was a, a place set where you can make your own Terminators with the end of with the oh that like skin. a creepy crawler kind of thing. Yeah, like <laughs> you had there was like endoskeletons and then there was like you know whatever mixture crap yeah, that you yeah. would put in the machine and it would um it would create like a like a skin over yeah, the endoskeleton. Yeah. You would like bake it in there. That's so. That cool. was like the one thing I wanted so bad. Like creepy crawlers. Yeah. yeah, it's like creepy crawlers and uh, that's so cool. Yeah, we had but, a big jigsaw puzzle of the movie poster oh nice <laughs> but i remember action figures like crazy the video games I comic all books the games. The yeah games were awful but i, I love them yeah it's just crazy the amount of stuff this spawned. so as a kid of this time you couldn't get away from terminator it was everywhere mm-hmm. at certain points especially terminator 2 um which is weird that we went so long without any other movies we had yeah. the uh it's the, not weird it ended well, well to be and fair it was amazing yeah to be fair as a sequel goes this isn't empire like well, it's, it's not a, it's a perfect <laughs> it's ending it's definitive ending yeah it's it's like all right we we stopped there's no way that this can happen now yeah <laughs> and there's only one instance i could think of that would have justified any of the sequels but none of them use it yeah is when the terminator loses his arm in that giant cog like they could have said oh. like oh they could have got one but no one mentions that ever throughout I think all the because they didn't sequels. have the chip to go with it so i don't know but, yeah, but, but still they like could have taken the arm to try to reverse engineer it, restart yeah. work, well, I mean, right reverse like engine, it's just metal yeah, but, but I get, I get what you're saying. So I'm saying it's yeah. like that would have no, been a better lead than saying, "Oh, Skynet's forever." Well, how do they get how do they get the uh, the ride started in uh, at Hollywood Studios for the T2 ride? Oh, I don't fully remember the whole ride. They go into the future. They go into the future. Yeah, and there's like a T1 million, which is a thousand T1000. Yeah, <laughs> which looks great. It was they a, go to Skynet too, right? Yeah, they yeah. go to Skynet's headquarters. Like it's really fun. It's just you know, I, obviously it's not canon or anything. No, it's not. But it was it was called T2 3D, the experience or something. And like they that had Furlong Studios. And they had Arnold, right? For a little bit, then they got actors. I don't know. I think they were there for appearances. I don't know if they're actually in it. Or were they oh, in, the in the video? The yeah, video. In the movie. Yeah. Yes. They yes, had they the were. actual actors yeah. from it. So you know, it, it was a real thing. It was a big deal. Yeah, because they, they had like a video thing, and there's also actors like on stage oh, so doing cool. stuff. Like they're having like uh, you know little fireworks go off and pop offs and things. So it was like the background was supposed to be like part of the war, like the future. And there's people like fit, you know acting out, oh, fighting cool. and stuff. It was really, really cool. cool. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so that was like really the only sequel that existed for a long time was that bad the Terminator ride. Yeah, at Hollywood Video or Hollywood Video at Hollywood Video, you can go on this ride at Hollywood Studios. Yeah, uh, uh, but, but to get back to that special ending real quick, the, yeah. the ending in the special edition is it shows a future where John's a politician, like he's in his forties. He has a kid. Uh, Sarah's narrating about how things turned out. 
thus meaning that there shouldn't have been any sequels because yeah. Judgment Day never happened. Did he have right? a scar on his face or did that scar not No, it, he was just like a normal, he just looked like a normal, well-adjusted guy, you yes. know? But that was, again, that was a special special edition thing that wasn't considered canon. If that had come out, then they probably wouldn't have made Tremere 3 or anything else because nothing happened. It, it would have been, honestly, that sounds pretty cheesy looking. It is. Like, and I didn't like it. it like- no, I didn't like that ending at all. Well, to be fair, I like that ending more than uh, any of the endings that we've gotten since then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that, that's that's my, you know, I, I wasn't a fan of the ending, but I just want to slip in the, the alternate ending that never happened yeah. and isn't very good. So uh, we're obviously not going to spend too much time on this stuff, but there yeah, we were can, seriously just we can call that a, we can call it a day. We had those two movies; they're great. There was no more. Right? I mean, I think we want to touch on it just for a brief. Like, uh, like we don't have to spend too much time. Like it's not going to uh, be. We're not going to spend too much time on. But there were a number of sequels that have come <laughs> since, and a TV show, and a TV show. Um, the first one was Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. Was, was Cameron two thousand three? I think. I don't yeah, think he was, was involved in. Cameron that was one. not involved. Graduated but Ar- high school that year. Arnold Schwarzenegger was involved. Yes, and um, he funded one part of the uh, that big stunt with the the, oh, fire the crane, and all and that. The, the crane, uh, yeah, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. an amazing sequence. So in this one, you know that whole no fate but what we make. Well, guess what? Turn out the window. That fate is always being made, yeah. no matter what. Skynet always happens, which so, is really dangerous. So I can tell you one story. I was uh, I saw this movie with Deucey in the theater. Nice. And I can't tell you, I was uh, I was 18, I think, how mad I was when I left the theater. And then Deucey's like, oh, it wasn't that bad, was it? And I just went on like a 20-minute rant of how much I hated for what it was. And yeah. you know, it was, didn't make sense with the story. They crapped on the first two movies. I've softened since then where I've just acknowledged this movie as being a good action movie, but a horrible Terminator movie. Yeah. So I just, you just have to separate yourself from it. I, I, I'm not a fan. That's how I view all of the previous so, uh, subsequent movies. And that's what they should be. Is there was a few yeah. of them that were some pretty good action movies. None of them are good Terminator movies. Well, let's, let's just do, to kind of finish it up, of all of the sequels and things, which one is your favorite, Randy? It's probably three. Three? Why is that? Um, Because... It, I could understand where it was coming from. They did delay Judgment Day. Like, it did not happen the way that they all thought. And then it turns out that ultimately this was going to happen because you can't really kill an idea. And the idea of creating AI is not something that one person came up with. Yeah, I'm not against that, but I do think there's a sequel that does a better job of that. Um, so, what's your favorite one, Randy? Oh, Red Dawn, uh, sorry. I have to say it's either going to be Salvation or uh, I actually like Dark Fate a lot. Yeah, even I'll though, talk about again, Dark Fate. That, yeah, Dark Fate isn't a fantastic term movie, but it's a, it's a really great action movie. Yeah. And it's for me one of the least offensive Terminator yeah. sequels. Let's go back to it. But let's go for. The, let's. Have I don't you know. Talk I about, think it starts off immediately well, hold offensive. On, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go there. We'll go there. But let's talk about Salvation real quick. So Salvation is different than all of these. And yeah, why that one cool. takes place more in the future. With the, it had Christian Bale on it. It was Moon Blood Good. Sam Worthington. Who? Yeah. Uh, the twist there is that Sam Worthington is sort of like a prototype to the T eight hundreds at the end. Like he's and, uh, and Christian Bale plays John Connor. He plays John Connor in the future. This is yeah. Right after Dark Knight. It was like 2009, which you know, Dark Knight was 2008, I think, right? Yep. So it's right after Dark Knight. Christian Bale's on top of the world. So mm-hmm. I, I remember being excited for this. Oh, movie. I was definitely excited when I saw it. We the all trailer. were. We yeah. all went to go see it. That trailer was sick. I remember that the trailer for it was like really, really cool. I was really excited to watch it. Um, and it's just, it's not bad. It's a fun movie. One thing I will say I really like is they had all the different models of T-800. And I say the sound design is really great in here because like it's like really mechanized and mm-hmm. kind of you know scary because everything just sounds heavy. Uh, 
not a great I'm, it's hard to say like I like it as an action movie but you know it, it's, not a great Christian Bale great movie. movie like not a great Christian Bale he, performance he didn't feel like it, he was the main character at all yeah and he definitely didn't feel very John Connery to me he felt more like stoic he was just kind of there and, and I get that he becomes that but I would have liked to see more of like the Edward Furlong type yeah. I know he grows this, up this but, was more know, like more. the same Worthington show than anything else yeah it was yeah. it really was and it had some really cool parts but overall you're right it was they even had Arnold cameo well not the real Arnold but a face mold of him yeah it was yeah. like a CG thing yeah, yeah which is pretty cool and that was also a callback to how he got the scar on mm-hmm. there too because oh yeah he got re- scratched by it. Him, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I do remember i you know i enjoyed it at the time i felt like it was largely very forgettable though the it only is. the only thing scenes that really stand out to me are essentially when he, he the callback to, to t2 when he's using the guns and roses song as a way to lure yeah. the the one the hunter killer, yeah, 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 the hunter killer. Yeah. and immediately trapped it killed it took its stuff and and you know went on about his way yeah and it was like okay so this is why john connor is the man like it's really the only time you ever see john connor do something cool yeah which is my biggest gripe with all of these movies Bryce Dallas Howard is they make too, john young. connor into a chump mm-hmm. yeah you never see any reason why people think he's so inspiring and they set this up for sequels and then they never did them but they, they did the same up. thing with terminator genesis, yeah, genesis which is the next wasn't one. great that i did one. not like it randy you seem to not well hate no it as so much, but it was I, a I weird it. experience because i was watching it and i'm like okay i'm not hating this right now it wasn't in awful, fact like i know I was like, in fact, it's mildly interesting. Yeah. All I need to get is answers for this and this and this. And, and I'm sure they're coming by the end of the movie. No, it's really nonsensical. Nope. Yeah. No, it never happens. You never find out why this T-800 was sent back to the 70s or who did it specifically, yeah. mm-hmm. which was supposed to be this big thing because it was classified information. He didn't Even the Terminator didn't have access to that file. And that leads to the last one, the newest sequel, which I think is 2019. Uh, yes. Uh, and this was Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, as Randy kind of previously gave away, it does start with one of the more egregious moments in all of Terminator. I get that. Uh, what To kind of spoiler alert it for you guys, because it is kind of new, so I'll say spoiler alert if you don't want to know. But in it, um, it starts with Linda Hamilton and... Um, and young John Connor. And young John Connor. Yeah, they're Sarah and CGI'd John. to look their younger selves. Yeah, and they're on the beach in like... You know, wherever. wherever. And uh, they've gone past Judgment Day and everything's fine. But one of the things they say is that ju- uh, Skynet didn't just send back the T-1000. It also sent back a T-800. And so the T- this T-800 comes out of the water, kills John, and then I think it goes away. That's right. It goes yeah, away. It was yeah, because like it it's after, accomplished its mission. Yeah. 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 So it was it, like two years after T-2. Yeah. Uh, so that's how it starts. And that's really, it is really tough to get past because you're like, how can you do that to John Connor? All of this stuff, how can you do that to that character? Once you get past that, though, I think it's really good. If uh, you get past that. So here's why I like it. <laughs> Unlike Terminator 3 and Dark Fate, they don't just say, like, Skynet happens again. It's not Skynet. It's a, I, I can get my head around the idea that AI is inevitable and it taking over can happen. I get that. So I like the idea that it wasn't just Skynet. It was a thing like Skynet. Um, and so the people were different and the, it's kind of almost like a reboot, the best way to describe yeah, it. Yeah. And the way I frame this movie to me and, and all these sequels is that it's sort of like, uh, having a spinoff, like it's like the animatrix, remember how yeah. they self-contained stories? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is like an offshoot because at this like point, alternate this, reality. yeah, because this, to me, the series has gone off the rails after two. There's no doubt about that. And to me, this story was really fun and really good. My brother hates this movie really? just for the same reason that, that Randy does. Yeah. yeah. 
I uh, love it. But I, but I think I think it's fine. Like I'm like yeah. at this point, what worse could you do that you haven't already done? Exactly. You know. Yeah. And, and uh, I really like the protagonist in this. She's uh, uh, she's not like a Terminator per se. She has like Terminator parts, but she's mostly she's. Human. Uh, well, I looked her. Her name's I forgot her name, but um, her name's Mackenzie Davis. Yeah. Um, and she's great in Halt and Catch Fire, which is yep. an amazing show. Like it's that's generally one of my favorite shows. So yeah. it was great. She's to in see her this here. movie called The Station Agent, which is uh, on HBO. Yeah. As well. But uh, but this movie, Lena Hamilton returns. She's like. The ultimate badass. So cool. Like she's, yeah, yeah. She's grayed out. Like she destroys that Terminator and, like immediately, and then yeah. she's like, "Hold on, I'll be right back." And, and she's a Terminator hunter in this movie, which is even more badass. And you find out that the old Terminator that is killed, literally like, yeah, killed John. That killed John. Like he he's living his life because he's like, "Well, I was sent to the past, and I I, I fulfilled my objectives. Now he's like living a life." You know, with like a family, which is weird. But. Yeah, he's a wife and kid, and a kid, and he sells drapery. Yeah, uh, which is really that weird. probably was my favorite scene in the yeah. movie when they're all kind of huddled there, and he's saying, and then this father wanted to buy the solid colors for his little girl, and I said, no, yeah, don't do that. It's <laughs> you need to have balloons or or yeah, colors. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and good. they team up, and it you know it again. It's like it's it's a great action. There's a lot of huge scenes. I think they do well with with all the the it, leads. They're it really, has a really great. It has a really good messaging where like she's dealing with trauma and loss, and he's trying to make up for what he did by pushing that trauma and loss into a positive thing. Like, yeah. Here's what you know. What I can give you these locations, these Terminators. You can kill them. Um, and yeah, then because she, of some hocus pocus reason that he can detect when the, the terminator yeah well like he said there was like something in the air like electro it's the, electric it was, wise yeah. that yeah. justified how he knew when well, and no, where it's like the emp discharge is different for when they go back in time mm-hmm. um so yeah and it it all leads to kind of a start of the next friend and they again they they didn't make a sequel to this yeah i think this to. didn't do terribly well it which didn't. isn't because i think at this point like they've just None of them. They, they've well. ruined the series at this point. Three did okay. Three did okay. Three, I think three was was a bigger success. Yeah, and they just started to dwindle after that. Yeah, because it's just like Randy said, it's unnecessary. It's yeah. a, mm-hmm. it, it's cool. Salvation is probably the only one that I that I was at least tried to do something different. And it was interested in what they were going to tell me because it's like okay, I get that this didn't happen, but I would like to see what was the thing that mm-hmm. didn't happen. You know, like and, and I watched the TV show and I I grew to like it, but it, you know, it definitely feels lower budget. It's like early two thousand, so yeah. it's got that. Fun Fox, like, what was the weird, name of that one? Uh, Sarah, Sarah Connor, Connor Chronicles. Chronicles. That's right. And uh, didn't it have um, it's Queen Cersei. Cersei, yeah. And then later on in Genesis, you get Queen Daenerys. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so and, the younger, more beautiful bride, just like in Game of Thrones, <laughs> yeah. did dispose of her. Yeah. And, and that and that show was was pretty good. Uh, unfortunately, ended on a cliffhanger that you'll never get resolved. Yeah, <laughs> where uh, it's like you know, it's all the events. I forgot when it takes place, but. The end of the cliffhanger of season two is like uh, John gets transported to the future. So they, they were going to oh, play this yeah, dynamic yeah, yeah. of like John in the future. I don't know if he's going to cross himself or what, but it didn't matter because it, 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 it never it yeah. never was going to get resolved. Yeah, that and that's kind of where all of these go. Three sets up what's going to happen, basically one and two, which I would say you kind of have to do a little bit because the time paradoxes of this movie don't make the, sense none of them make sense the only the only way to make in the very first one Kyle Reese when she asks are you from the future he says I am from a possible future mm-hmm. that's so therefore that that immediately tells you the viewer that you know when they go back to doing that they're just splintering off and creating different yeah. but then how lines. did John Connor get made in the first place by Kyle getting sent back uh, I think but how could he gotten sent back if everything got fixed because Kyle was there before John was there but how could he have gone back if it didn't exist? <laughs> I think it's the whole concept. That's why time of, uh, travel won't actually happen. Well, yeah. and that's why, like the 
for me, it's like T2 is like, as soon as he went like this, why didn't John like back to the future and turn invisible? And then like, Sarah's like, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what is that? Why am I in the smelting plant? <laughs> I think there's an idea of a of predestination, which is sort of like this paradox of, uh, or it's like anachronism where you're created before you created, yeah. right? Like you're, your future self was technically created by yourself. Yeah, well, none of it would have mattered if John was just already born or she was pregnant with him before yeah. the movie. You know, any of, any of those things. But because Kyle Reese was is the re, is his dad, none of this makes any well, sense. Well, it also could have been, you know, that she got pregnant later and then John ended up that way anyway, right? Like he was going to be... His name was just going to be John. He's a different John. It's possible, and, yeah. yeah. And then he just, you know, it's like a tangent, like in Back to the Future 2, right? They went off on a tangent. Instead yeah. of going in the Biff land, they went to, you know, they saved the world from, from Cyberdyne. Yeah, so does that mean that there's like a, a world, there's a future where uh, Cyberdyne creates Skynet and there's a world where that never happens? Uh, yeah, I think so. I suppose. I mean, like I said, yeah. there's, a, there's a timeline that exists where at the end of T2... Nothing happens yeah. because they've destroyed all the evidence. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Yeah. And Cyberdyne's been destroyed. But like I said, T3 is the only sequel that kind of makes sense because it wasn't a Cyberdyne project in T3. It was it's just Skynet. the natural. Yeah, but Skynet was not created by uh, Cyberdyne. The That was probably named by the military. That's a military term. Cyberdyne systems would be separate from Skynet itself. See, that's but, but, I, but see, that's that's again. That's uh, I think it was McGee who directed three. Or no, that was no, Salvation. He I'm said sorry. Salvation. Yeah. Uh, but three, where they just they just took the loosest thread they could. Yeah. And that's all it is. It doesn't need to exist because James Cameron made Terminator one and two. That's it. That's why Dark Fate was like a little bit more reasonable for me getting past the John Connor thing is because it's not Skynet. It's not Cyberdyne. It's just another AI. Yeah. And and, and to me, like one and two are the perfect movies and two is a perfect sequel. And if we're talking about nostalgia fills, this is like the Bohemian Rhapsody of nostalgia fiddling. Yeah, for real. For real. (laughs) And I don't bother with the sequels, right? Like. Unless you I would were, say watch them to, to get an idea, but don't put much stock into them at all. Yeah, the only way to enjoy these movies because I'm not I'm not saying like I I was miserable watching them. Like I said, I was there was parts of Genesis that I was kind of entertained by, but that a lot of it was me trying to piece together how does this fit, and it becomes abundantly clear that it just doesn't. That none of them do. The only one I feel that actually fits from the the previous one is T three from from T two. That's Man. it. That's <laughs> I the think only one that do. fits. In yeah, my mind, there's Terminator one and two. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone after then that completely ignores. Yeah. Yeah. These that. are all fanfics, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. No, say. don't get me wrong. Yeah, that's why I was the one saying, "Hey, yeah. that was that's the end of our show." <laughs> well, I think we, we would do a disservice if it's we for didn't. context. Yeah, we yeah. should be talking about them just because I don't want to consider them Terminator movies doesn't mean they didn't happen. Terminator. Yeah, they did happen. In this we case, there is no fable we make, and we chose to go on with the movie. I would, I would say it's safe to say that unless they do a complete reboot, there's probably not going to be any other Terminator movies because Arnold's pretty. It's going to be a reboot. Well, yeah, and, and at this point, like I'm not interested because I don't think you can capture what made Terminator One and Two that great. Because we're living I don't it. Know. Yeah, I guess so. Because <laughs> we're living AI now. Yeah, I mean, Chat GPT. Soon yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah it's going to. Yeah, be also, there's no one that you're going to get that's going to have the impact that Arnold did. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, that that. I think that's probably place. the most, the biggest problem yeah. for any potential. It's also like the idea is, I mean, obviously it's it's not new, but now it'd be like, yeah, I can see that happening in like ten or twenty years. You know, <laughs> like like this this seems pretty reasonable to have happen. Like back in nineteen eighty four, whatever the first one was made, it probably was a really weird concept. Like, huh, science fiction robots. Come yeah, on, robots. AI. What is that? <laughs> now we deal with it all the time. Yeah, I'm uh, step in my Lamborghini Countach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, of the Terminator franchise, what is there anything else we need to say 
before we sign off on this one? Um, there are games. I will say. Yeah, I got a selection of games. So list, there's. Uh, list some. I think one one of my favorites was uh, Terminator. I forget what it was called on Xbox. Yeah, what was that one? Oh, that one I was so good. That one was cool because it was like, was it a third person or? Um, but it was. It, yeah, oh, Dawn of Fate. Dawn of Fate. Yeah, that one was great. cool. So this one, uh, it takes place in the future. I think it's a fun game. It's really hard. Yeah. Uh, the newer one that came out called Terminator Redemption. That's on PS5, Xbox One. It's uh, PC. Yeah, it's third person. Uh, I remember this. We had this at Hollywood Video. We did. That's yeah. where I rented it. It was yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the new one's great because it's made by a smaller developer, and uh, they've nailed the atmosphere, and they're definitely passionate Terminator fans because it's kind of like Fallout Light with Terminator. Yeah. Uh, that's really, really good. They're the ones who made the RoboCop game, too, actually. I would say the two most iconic are probably the arcade. I was going to say, oh, like, yes. we can't that's not another just fantastic talk about one. the rail shooting arcade, yeah. which was oh my God. one of the most popular and pinball. arcade games I was saying, and the time. pinball with the gun. Uh, yeah. That's how you launch the ball was with Those the gun. Those two, oh my God. I Those, could not get my hands on enough of the of the, of the uh, light gun shooter. Yeah, that one was everywhere. It I had mean, the two Uzis in the It was so unreasonably hard. It was so bad, yeah. It was like, put it in your quarter. Put Two in seconds later, put in continue. <laughs> yeah, and well, and the, didn't they port that to? They did a couple and, of well, the Super systems. Nintendo and Genesis. And yeah. I, I played the Genesis one when I was a kid. And God, like the first boss you fight is that giant, um, like tank. Oh yeah, thing. the HK tanks. Yeah, the yeah. HK tanks, and like it wouldn't die. I swear to God, I feel like I was shooting it, thing it, for like an it hour. It takes a long time. Yeah, yeah. it's another one that meant to eat your core. Well, that was a pumping into it. Yeah, even that's what Genesis. it was. It's yeah. just even on the Genesis, it was rough. It's gonna give you. Only got to Technor. Yeah, I feel like I never I, got oh, that's the Technor. that's the original game, Terminator oh. One. Yeah, because this is the the light gun shooter. Oh right, right, yeah. right. I never, but that that at the beginning of Terminator One, that was you do fight the you HK do tank, fight yeah. an, an HK tank, and it takes a lot of gunfire mm-hmm. to put it down. And the thing that's a bummer is that when you're a kid, it looks like the coolest game it that does. you could ever play. It you're is. literally holding an Uzi, and you have Terminators. Flying at the screen at you over and over, and you're just mowing them yeah. down. You see people, you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be amazing!" And then you're right, like 30 seconds later, it's you're just, dead. You're dead. It's a quarter muncher for sure. But it was a really cool, mm-hmm. and then the graphics were good in the arcade. They I look that. great. Yeah. yeah, I think it was a midway game. If I recall, I think you're right. I think you're right. And then the uh, the pinball game was really awesome too. It it had um, wasn't it one of the most successful pinball machines of all time. Up yeah, there. it's up there with like Adam's Family, Twilight Zone, like those where they they sold more pinball machines than anything else. It had yeah. a gun. As the as the, you, as the as, as the the plunger. plunger, yeah. Whenever you'd pl- you'd hit the you'd pull the trigger on the gun, and that would send the ball yeah. out. And that was really I, cool. I remember seeing at the arcades so much, and like the the back panel had um, like Arnold with the T eight hundred, like his, you know, his skin chipped away, yeah, and had like yeah. the the light shining through the right, red light. Right, right, right. It was incredible. That's one of the most iconic. That's emotions. why when we were saying like how much of an impact this movie had on us, it was literally everywhere. Yeah, it yeah. was. You could not escape it. It was everything. It was that a like kid the. Would do. I mean, it was. It's kind of like when you know Endgame came out. Like it was, yeah. it was a big deal. Like movie going was a little bit different back then, but it was a big deal because it was the only real movie that mattered at that time. And like, just imagine that every form of media. If you're watching The Simpsons, they're they're taking liberties with mm-hmm. it. If you're doing, you know, if you're you're yeah. playing, uh, you know, video games, uh, anything, anything's gonna have it. Comic books. There was you a know. great scene in Simpsons actually you mentioned where uh, with Homer loves Flanders yep. where uh, yeah 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 <laughs> he's chasing Flanders' car with golf, clubs. golf clubs yeah and he does like the T one thousand thing of like clawing on the trunk and and I think it's Rod says something yeah he's, he's kidding on, on this head. yeah <laughs> I can't so forget good. the Richard Simmons robot where he <laughs> shoots it with a Flanders shoots it with a shotgun and it does the T one thousand yeah <laughs> so good yep yeah, yeah man. very very parodied memed. Everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's why it was so important to us. I think not only is this amazing movie, but the cultural impact was was 
you know, you can't yeah, it undersell was, it. It was pretty clear when you saw this movie. If you didn't say this is the most incredible looking movie I've ever seen, then you you're, you're lying because yeah. that was the most incredible mm-hmm. looking movie. Nothing looked there was none. So I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible because we had this in ninety one, but then two years later, Jurassic Park, which is probably the only movie that would measure up to the effects and see this movie. T two is a movie that you could have someone watch now. <laughs> And though, you know, they would say like, oh, the CG isn't great. Yeah. I mean, obviously the T-1000 effects would probably be improved now, mm-hmm. but, but, but they don't look distractingly bad. No, no. At all. I mean, there's CG from, you know, 10 years after the CG now that you watch and you're like, this is garbage. Mm-hmm. And this was so good. It was so, you understand why they put so much money into it, why uh, James Cameron was willing to wait so long to make this because he was waiting for the technology to catch up to do this T-1000. Yep. Um, so you get that. You get why he did that because the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, yeah the, the first day of like a filmmaking class that I took, we watched like a 20 minute documentary <laughs> on Terminator 2 and why this is the most important film of our lifetimes. Yeah, there, there's still stuff I, I find like I'll go on YouTube and find videos of stuff I might have missed in Terminator 2 and there's stuff mm-hmm. that is just I've watched this movie a billion times where I feel like I've known every possible thing and then someone finds something that I missed or something, you know? It, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. The attention to detail is just unreal. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's all we really got to say. We went down the Terminator rabbit hole. Yeah. Sure did. Yeah. It was um, good times. Yeah. Until finish? we got to the everything after T2. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it's important to talk about. I guess so. We did. All right. Are we all done for today then, guys? I think that's going to about do it. Any, anything else you need to add? Like any any final words? <laughs> Favorite uh, catchphrase. No, I just mean like any, <laughs> any final parting words for our listeners. We'll be back. Ah, uh, you stole. There my, is no fate, but what we made. And you stole my other one. All right, that's it. Hollywood video guys out. No, hasta la vista, baby. Uh, oh, come on, man. Do it now. All right, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs>